Welcome to another episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast. We're so happy that you joined us, and we're very, very much looking forward to this episode. And I think our Facebook page contributors are too, because it has been very, very active this week getting ready for this podcast. Just to introduce the guys, like you know, that direct, right, produce this show. To my right is my brother Gary Emmons. Uh, Hello, everybody. It's good to have everybody in studio, socially distanced and all that good stuff, but uh, we're, we're not in the same room very often, so it's a lot of fun. Good to have you here, Gary. The next co-host is Mr. David King. Hi, everybody. Good to see you, Dave. And uh, kind of the, the guy that came up with this idea, and we ran with it. I'm so happy to have. He made the trip, left his house at 4.30 this morning to be here, Mr. Chip Jamerson. Hello, everybody. So, Chip, tell everybody what we got going on today. Well, when this podcast was in its developmental phase last spring, our earliest conversations revolved around today's guest. We knew we had to get him on the show, and he's live and in studio today. He was a dominant player in the NEC, being a two-time all-conference selection and eventual Hall of Famer at Carmine. He came to Red Hill in 1986 and taught here for 30 years before retiring in 2016. During his tenure, he's most remembered as the varsity boys basketball coach, where he had a highly successful 10-year run, four times NEC Coach of the Year. He also had a four-year run as the varsity girls basketball coach that produced more postseason hardware, a long career as the boys track head coach, which included a third place in the state finish in 2002, several years as an assistant to current varsity boys basketball coach Brian Havel, and of course his early years at Red Hill as an assistant in football and in the boys basketball programs. We'll cover it all today. I'm honored to present today's guest, the legendary Fred Kendall. All right, welcome, All Coach. Right, coach. Yeah, thank you. I don't know about legendary, but <laughs> definitely. Well, there's a lot of people that do. Absolutely. Coach, again, thank you so much for being here, uh, um, taking time out of, of your Saturday when we're recording this. And, and it's our first kind of nice Saturday we've had in a while, so we, we truly appreciate you kind of cooping up in a studio with us today. So let's start with today. Where are you at now? What are you doing? And just kind of let everybody know where, uh, where Fred Kendall's at now. Well, I'm retired. Yeah. Needless to say, I live in Lawrenceville. Uh, in on Lexington Avenue, okay, close to the well, actually right next to the jail. Okay, and all the, right. Uh, used to be the Finley House and the old doctor office that uh, my wife um, Rose. When we, we were looking for a home, she had a home in Vincennes, and I had a home in Lawrenceville. Mm-hmm. And, okay, and uh, she happened to see this one, and we went and looked at it, and it <laughs> she fell in love with it. So we nice. sold the other two homes and. There's where we moved at, and after three months of working on the house, mm-hmm. we moved in to just uh, old 2013. Yeah, and that's where we've been ever since. And uh, what I do during the day is, as it's in the summer, I try to play golf okay. as much as possible, and in the winter, I just try to survive <laughs> <laughs> with uh, NCIS reruns. Oh, there you go. And uh, uh, sometimes I watch sports talk shows. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, do some reading. Yeah. And that's about it. I, I do a Bible study in the morning every day at, okay. five, at uh, 5, 5.30, my wife, and before she goes off to work. Awesome. So that's about my life, other than I have 15 grandkids. Is that right? Our, oh, wow. Our blended family. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh, wow. 
So we we have grandkids quite often. Yeah, I that bet. keeps you busy enough, right there. I have a feeling it, it does. I I have to admit that I when I married Rose, I started with a seven year old granddaughter, and I had no grandkids at all. And now there are fourteen more <laughs> <laughs> in nine years, and she's sixteen. So that was quite a quite a change. So. Yeah, I bet. Well, thanks again for for coming in and and um, and thank them for sharing their time with you. Let's start at the beginning. Um, grew up in Carmi. No, I did not. Okay. All right. I grew up uh, in Gallatin County. Okay. And uh, in White County. Um, I, I first started school in a little town called New Haven, which is in Gallatin County. And then we moved uh, about two miles, two and a half. And we lived out in the country uh, uh, in White County. And I went to Concord Grade School. Okay. Which is uh, I was a really small grade school. I had nine nine other students in my oh, wow. class <laughs> and that's where i first started him playing basketball that was there and uh, actually started him playing when i was in the second grade not on a team but in the gym with a boy by the name of bobby patella and and his eighth grader by the name of bob simmons he would go in there and we would play him and when everybody else was outside yeah and uh quite a bit and that's i think where i got my first start uh, playing and I started in playing organized basketball in the third grade there for at Concord for Tom Danner. Okay. And he was the guy that coached me until I graduated uh, from Concord. Okay. You know, I actually found an article on one of the, we have a, uh, a login to, it's called newspapers.com and it's basically the, the entire country there's uh, logs. I mean, there was one newspaper I found. It was, I think you may have been, so Concord would have been through what grade? Through eighth? Eighth, yes. I think it was a seventh grade game. You led the team in scoring. Right? Yeah, it was some right. tournament. So I found one article on you back then where you were mentioned as the leading scorer on that on that team. <laughs> uh, they didn't didn't put the articles in the paper very much back then. For that was the only one I found though for sure. <laughs> but uh, Tom Danner did put them in our eighth grade year, and uh, for some reason he decided he was going to place them in. Yes. So. So besides those, like who were some of your other influences that got you into basketball? Where that became, and I assume was that your passion? Was basketball your your passion as a kid? Well, that's what I done. Yeah. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot to do on the farm. I, mm -hmm. I, I had two things I liked to do. I liked to ride horses, and uh, I played basketball, and we played wiffle ball. Mm -hmm. And those are the three things that we we done. And we had horses on the farm because I loved horses. I wanted to be a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I actually rode in some uh what they called uh shows horse shows mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. uh, really? barrel races and uh um i can't think of the others two others and uh we had about five horses at one time on the farm and uh i rode a lot uh hmm. during the summer and then we had i had what was called well i had five basketball goats yeah i had uh one that was lower than the back that you could play no matter what happened. Mm -hmm. it, it would dry off, and then I had a couple others. We were on one was on clay, one was on glass, yeah. grass, and yeah. then we put two in the barn and play in the winter time. That's awesome. So that's where we played at, and then we played in my grandfather's. Uh, uh, they had an old house that he was a he's a fisherman, and uh, commercial fisherman, and we'd go out oh. in his uh, fisher fish house and we put up boxes, nailed them up, and Soaked up the cold stove, and we'd play out there. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't play anyplace else. So, yeah, yeah, I guess basketball was the, the passion yeah. in the family because 
there wasn't a lot else to do. We just kind of like sports period in general. So yeah. how did you end up then at Carmi High School? What did Concord is a feeder school in okay. Carmi. There were several great schools, Monty, Big Prairie, uh, of course, Concord, Brownsville, Centerville are all feeder schools in the Carmi High, the Carmi High School. Okay. Uh, which is one of the reasons I think Carmi for a long period of time uh, done well because it had all those feeder schools Absolutely, coming in yeah. on top of uh, the high, the junior high there at Carmi. So you would walk in the gym as I did my freshman year, and, and there was a from one side of the gym to the other sitting in the bleachers were full of kids that were going out for freshman basketball. Okay. And they would be cut and be chosen. They'd keep 15, 20, whatever, because mm -hmm. they'd have an A and a B team. Yeah. So that, that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hey, before we dive into your, your high school career, just wanted to take a break here and mention our first sponsor of the day. And we are so happy, as always, to have Gray's Restaurant. You know, it's been 75 delicious years that the Gray family has been serving your family. Todd and Becky have taken the dream that Ralph had all those years ago and continue to serve the people of Bridgeport today. As I sit here with Coach K and Gary, David and Chip, I'm guessing the, the number of cheeseburgers that we've eaten probably outnumbered the uh, Saluki basketball victories because we usually consumed them at least two at a time. <laughs> as always, the hand-cut steaks are served just as you ordered them and of course those world-famous catfish dinners are still a highlight. Watch their Facebook page for daily lunch specials and remember you can dine in or carry out there's nothing like home quite like Gray's Restaurant. Call 945-9501 to let the Gray family cook for your family today. So obviously you had a pretty good career at Carmi, a uh, two-time NEC um, player. What were some of the games you remember from playing at Carmi, and how far did you guys ever go in the tournament? Well, it was a one-class tournament. Yes. And uh, we played my senior year in the regional championship against Mount Vernon, who would go to the Super and lose to – Oakville and Gail Wolf mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, in a close ball game. Uh, we were a re in a rebuilding phase at Carmi at the time. Okay. When I went into high school, we had Richard Deckard and uh, Thuvedon. I cannot think of his name for the first for some reason right now, but he, he went on to coach uh, at Mascuda. Oh, Carmi. yeah, yeah. Roger Thuvedon, I believe. And uh, – I played for him as a uh, freshman on the junior varsity. Started the year there with him, and uh, I move up, play a little bit on the varsity, and I would start a, start during the regional a game there at against Fairfield, which was a, a disaster for me. We were going <laughs> we to hold the basketball, and uh, uh, I wasn't ready for that aspect of uh, basketball. Right. So that was not my uh, strong point at that point in time, but. Um, he was a big influence, uh, Coach Thuvenin was, and, and just confidence-wise and, mm -hmm. and encouragement. And, uh, then they left, and they hired a completely new coaching staff headed by the uh, Gene Hale, who ended up being the athletic director and football coach. And he was my mentor mm -hmm. uh, as far as coaching and got me back in, into this profession. Okay. And we had uh, – Randy Goyne, who ended up being a head coach here at Carmine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then David Lee was there for yes. th uh, three years, and I played for David. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get into Carmine more because I know uh, it didn't seem like Red Hill had too much success, especially playing at Carmine. It was such a tough place to play. It's a tough place to play. We, and we, they slowed, at least when we played, they slowed it down a lot, and was, they, every possession counted a lot, and it was, it was tough down there. What year did you graduate, Coach? 1970. Okay. Well, they had a major change there in the program when Randy Goins stepped down. They end up, surprisingly, uh, 
going to a McLeansboro boy and Brad Lee. Mm-hmm. And I, not mm-hmm. that Brad Lee wasn't qualified because that's not what I'm saying. It's There was a thing with Carmine and McLeansboro because McLeansboro voodooed Carmine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but it was when Randy had a really, really good team and beat them. Right. And I remember the legendary voice of the Carmine Bulldogs, Steve Cox, coming up with the term voodooism or voodoo something. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, was uh, that the year Carmine was undefeated, like yes. '87, and they yeah. beat him in the regional championship yes. game? I think, yeah, oh, wow. yes, and that yeah, and that really surprised me when they did because that was he done very similar, uh, would do the same things. He would make every possession count. If you got you down in the second half, you could be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So, do you remember playing games at Red Hill, and what'd you think of that environment in that gym? My first uh, uh, high school experience wasn't at Red Hill, but it was a freshman game. Yeah, at home. Then we went. Bridgeport right and uh, I want to tell you from the little school I played at walking into Bridgeport was quite an experience yeah, I mean sure. you know first off you're you're down and the everything's right, right. Yeah, it's you're, a unique situation it's, it's unique and uh, I, I just you know it was kind of like wow you know and it just seemed like everything was away from you there mm-hmm. was two places I went that that I was just kind of an all-in one was Salem and one was Bridgeport mm-hmm. when I looked at the at at the facility, it's a, right. great, it's a great facility. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, I just couldn't, it's just and, unbelievable. And as we've talked many times, and we'll definitely talk about it again, when those bleachers are out on the floor and the stage is full, you know, for a sectional, there, there's there's nothing like, nothing like that place. At, uh, I've seen that place uh, rocking a few times oh, in yeah. my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. and, and even before I, I started in coaching, yeah. uh, go, going there for games and, and sectionals and watching games it was uh it was a good environment yeah and it was hosted very well and the thing about it is you can see the game right right and that's the main thing from wherever you're setting it you have a good viewpoint mm-hmm. that's not always sure. the case at other places mm-hmm. yeah. all right especially some of the smaller gyms for sure with beams and different things in the way but no it's they say now we're getting into so many just crackerjack all-purpose yeah. gyms and to still keep that gym around you know lawrenceville's gym goes away which was an iconic gym and well vincent yeah. they leave adams coliseum right. to go to a nice gym but it doesn't have the character that adams coliseum had well you know we get we talk about baseball and we talk about if you're, you're anything to do with historic that the value of historic baseball and the ballparks they went through the same thing right yeah mm-hmm. and uh R- riverfront bush uh Three Rivers in Pittsburgh, they're just all kind yeah. of the same. Yeah. And then Baltimore built their new ballpark at Candom, and they built that with a little bit of a, a yeah. old-time character. character. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a beautiful ballpark. Yeah. And then everybody followed suit. Started, followed yeah. Suit. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I'm glad they've kept the gym at, at Red Hill. And right. I, and that's... I'd hate to see it ever go away. Does it need updates? Sure it does in the dressing room areas and yeah. things of that nature. It needs some money spent there, but it's uh, – it's a beautiful facility. Yes, it and is. I wish they'd get back into trying to hold some more tournaments there, but there's nothing yeah. like going for a sectional there, especially if you get the right teams in there. Right, exactly. So December of 92, you're inducted into the Carmi Athletic Hall of Fame. How much did that mean to you? Well, I was uh, surprised mm-hmm. when Steve Cox called me and told me. Um, I think at that time in my life uh, – uh, I, I was so much into what was going on in my life coaching that I really probably didn't take the right perspective uh, about it. I, now that I look back at it, it it's quite an honor. Yeah. Um, very happy about it. Very, very honored that they 
thought I was worthy to, to be placed there with these other outstanding coaches and athletes that have been through there. So, mm-hmm. yes, I mean, uh, of course, when you don't live in the town and you're never, you don't go back right. anymore. Yeah. Uh, Karma, I always ho- held a, a very um, so, a very sweet spot mm-hmm. in my heart. Yeah. You know, I had often thought many times prior to even getting started in coaching, that's where I would like to have ended up at right. or coached at. And I just, when the chance basically came around with, there was openings I would I never applied. Yeah, I just never was the right time, and I wasn't ready to make that move. And especially, you know, when they opened up, uh, I didn't apply. I, I definitely wasn't. I had the group in '92, mm-hmm. and coming coming back, and yeah. people are saying, "Oh, now you're not going to be that good." And I can't right, yeah, we were yes, going you, to be that. Yes, you were. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> I wasn't ready to give up that group. And, right, and, and you know. Sometimes going home is a hard thing to do. Right. And I'm not saying they would have hired me, but I, I would have applied. And I yeah. think I might have had a chance. Right. Well, let's take a quick break here. And when you talk about Red Hill, you think of Red Hill Sports. But, Chip, when you talk about pizza, what do you think about? Pizza House. Tyler Griffin and his whole team are ready to serve you with all their different delicious combinations of Bridgeport-style pizza. They always have that monthly special, and here we go. The big announcement for the March, and it's back. The Philly Cheesesteak Pizza. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Not only is it a pizza special this month, they're also going to serve a Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich as well. So uh, I think everybody's looking forward to that. And you know their hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 4 to 9, and now they are open for lunch the first Friday of every month from 11 to 1. You know their location right there across from the Dog Pound in Bridgeport. So call 945-3663 for Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. All right, coach. So I gave my I gave the introduction there and but the part I dumped from 1970 when you graduated to when you arrived at Red Hill in 86. What between 70 and 86 like college and and coaching and so forth and, I think you may have been at Norris City for a while because I think we had a play in freshman ball called, called Norris City or something, but um, fill me in. Well, I went to Southeastern Illinois College, and okay. I played there for two years for Virgil Motzinger. Okay. Um, had some opportunities, but not exactly what I wanted. Thought about going, going on and actually went up to the school and drove home and decided I wasn't going to go to school. Yeah. Huh. And it took about... 15 weeks to decide that wasn't the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back to school and ended up up at Eastern and finished okay. up my degree. Okay. And that was 1975. And I spent a, finally a, a year until I ended up over at North City with David Gray, which for two years, um, which was a really a positive experience. I'm not going to say about basketball, but David took a 23-year-old kid that uh, – needed some guidance and uh, give that to him. It helped me helped me grow up quite a bit during that period of time. And I coached the freshman basketball team for him and, and uh, just spent time with him in general. And I left and I ended up doing a grant programs. I left because there was quite a bit more money in that. And I'd done that for like uh, three different programs for which that maybe five to seven years. Okay. Uh, then I was out and my wife and I, we had a child on the way and uh, I just finished the program. I thought I needed a job. So I was looking around in Thompsonville. 
Thompsonville. Where's that? I don't know. It's close to Benton. Okay. Okay. It's a little school there, and I was told there was an opening there, and I found out that Gene Hale, who was a football coach at Carmi at the time, who coached at a lot of places. He had a lot of interesting thoughts about why you move around. Yeah. But uh, I applied down there, and he got me the job for that year. And then when I applied up here, he was the one that called up here, and he taught. He was old buddies with Harry Rice okay. and Gene Moore. They came out of the okay. the times of the NEC, and he he told me, he says, I told him you're not ready to be a head coach yet. But he said, I think you'll do a good job for him in the PE department, and I think you'll develop where you can help him coaching uh, eventually. But, yeah. you know, he so I got the job through that, through that, uh, you know, the good old boys club. Yeah, right. Um, Who'd you interview with? I interviewed with Harry okay. and Gene. You with both of them, okay. Both of them. And, and, you know, we didn't talk a whole lot about the job. We just talked about the NEC and really? the old days, oh, you wow. know, before we got around to talking. They were very, very nice and during the interview. And uh, I didn't know when I walked out what to think. And Harry yeah. called me. And uh, I said, well, I can't give you an answer right now. My wife's not here. Uh, I have to wait till she comes home because we were talking about leaving her parents. Right. And uh, so – I had to make him wait about four hours before she got before I get home. <laughs> yeah, we, we Did, said but yes. you knew you wanted it. Uh, I was uh, yes. Okay. Yes, it wasn't. Uh, I knew it was the best thing. It wasn't exactly the best thing from the standpoint of leaving her mother and them in Harrisburg, mm-hmm. but um, it was the best thing for us right. financially. Gotcha. So the. John Brooks had just resigned that year, and so there is a varsity boys basketball opening that year too. Um, I know Gene Hale said you weren't ready to be a varsity basketball coach. Were you when you applied? Were you interested in the varsity coach? Or I know Ed Chapel was hired that that spring. Oh, that's really going back, Chip. <laughs> uh, I, I applied for the job, and I think if the job was the head coach, I, it was everything I applied yeah. for. But I think that's why Gene told me I told I told them I didn't think you were ready for this. Okay. I mean, you know, when they give me the job, Harry says I hope you're ready for this. He had his doubts. Now it's not. I don't think so much it was the coaching end of it. It was dealing with everything else around it. Right. And there are a lot of things around coaching Absolutely. that you have to be able to deal with. And um, I think that's what he was concerned about. Yeah. And uh, rightfully so. You, ha- you know, there's a lot, you know, you can open the door too many times and really cause yourself problems with people. You have to, you have to be firm, but you have to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a fine line between that. And, you know, you have to remember in coaching that, there's parents and they have their ex- expectations and their feelings and they love these kids that you've got and you're coaching and you have certain things you have to fulfill and then you have the player. It's a complicated uh, scenario there. And if you've ever been in all those at the same time, you know how you even know more so as you grow older and realize, boy, there's some mistakes I made. I wished I could have turned around and changed a little bit yeah. and done done some things a little bit different. but. Sometimes you have to go in and be pretty firm to establish yourself and and uh, be sure that uh, you're not, you're not going to have a lot of problems. You're going to have problems anyway. That's just life. Yeah. But uh, you want to ma- make them as limited as possible. Did you know Ed Chapel at all before you guys met at Red Hill? No, I met Ed Chapel. Uh, my wife and I come up to, to look at some homes uh, to, to live in, and uh, – Bill Evans had drove me around and showed me some homes a day. There, he got stuck with that job. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to hear that conversation. <laughs> but, 
I don't remember much about it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think he really wanted it too much. Right. But, uh, <laughs> he showed me he showed me the, the places they had recommended. Then I brung her up, and I'm not sure who showed us the homes that day. It might have been Harry. Yeah. And uh, I met Ed for the first time that day. Okay. Where, where did you move first? Where did you buy a house? Where did we move from? No, where, what, what house? What part of town did you live in first? I can't remember. Gray Street. Okay. Uh, Raymond Nesserold's old Oh, home. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yep, I know exactly where. Yeah. So um, you interviewed, you get going. Um, what? Uh, so football practice, I guess, was my senior year. That was your your first Red Hill duty, I guess, kind of the, the first football practice. Were you a football guy? Did you – was it in, an interest of you and wanted to coach football, or was it just that's what was put in front of you? It was what was put in front of me. Now, I'll explain that a little bit. North City wasn't a football school. Thompsonville wasn't either. They were small schools. They were, you know, they were just going to be basketball and baseball, and that was pretty much it. And, of course, the girls' sports. So I hadn't been exposed to it, but, yes, I knew about football. I, yeah. I said my mentor was Gene Hell. Yeah. And Gene Hill, you know, to me, is a legendary football coach. First off, you have to remember Harrisburg Bulldogs. They've set as a small school in the Old South 7, set in the basement for years. Yeah. Guess who they hired? They hired Gene Hale. Okay. And he came there with 16 kids on the varsity and went 4-5 and five or 5-4 five and four his first oh, year. Wow. And he coached there two years and, and, and put Kenny Joghurst in charge, who was his assistant. And okay. they went on to – dominating that South 7 for years. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I knew about it. The interesting thing was that uh, all this time I was at Thompsonville, I'd go in to his office, and he'd sit down and talk to me. And he always used to say, are you sure you want to be a basketball coach? Because he coached basketball. He mm -hmm. coached Jerry Sloan. Oh, okay, okay yeah. Wow. And uh, David Lee and, and those guys, the Burns boys, all those guys went at McLeansboro, and I said, well, why is that? He said, well, they tried to fire me at McLeansboro as a basketball coach, but they loved me as a football coach. Yeah. And he said, I kept my job, and, and he, look what happened. And he says, I, I think, you know, football, you, you ought to give that a, a try. He says, you got a mind, from what I can tell, that might be okay for that sport. Well, Coach, I, I used to say, I don't know enough about that sport. I mean, you got to remember, I played for you, and I played on the defensive end. I don't know anything about the offensive mm -hmm. part yeah. of the game, you know. There's a lot of fundamentals there, and I'm better trained at the other sport. And I said, I, I think you have to stay where your strong point's at. Yeah. But we kept saying what you learn. So it was my first first uh, first opportunity. And I had to admit there was a lot of, a lot that uh, was overwhelming because uh, Bill run I think that uh, what the heck was it the I formation? Yeah, we're running mm -hmm. yes. And we I, Carmi ran and Gene Hale ran the T. Okay. And uh, not that the numbers are that different, right? But you know, this, there's a little bit of difference in philosophy there. Yeah. So defense, I, I, we run a, you know, a five-three, but uh, uh, Carmine most of the time. But uh, you had your weak side linebacker had had responsibilities of crashing, and hadn't you know had no pass responsibility, and and that's what I where I played at when I played, and yeah, and. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it didn't take a whole lot of smarts to realize you're either going to go send the lineman in or yeah. send him out, and you were going the other way. I, I remember your first couple practices, uh, Bobby Maddell and I were receivers, and you were with us, and Coach Evans had those drills drawn up, and I remember you'd look at him and you'd say, hey, Brian, Bob, <laughs> and the three of us would sit there and talk about trying to figure out what the hell we were supposed to do. <laughs> it was a unique experience. Yeah. I, I think uh, looking back at that after uh, – 
two years there, and I got put in charge of the defense. I think I think Coach Evans was quite worried about that 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 year when we had the uh, Lance and those kids, yeah. and Stacey and Clifford, that had that made that run. Because right. He was going. Mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It seemed to work out pretty good, though, that year for sure. I was a little bit smarter than what he yeah, thought. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that first year, you know, you were the, you would have been the freshman coach um, in 86, 87, and the varsity team was 12 and 15. I know Chapel had a completely different style than you did. So how were you – when you were coming in as a, you know, a coach, I know you coached a little bit down at NCOE and different things, but when you're not – were you in agreement with his philosophy, I guess? I wasn't up on his end a whole okay. lot. Yeah. Uh, so you were kind of left to be with the freshman and yeah yeah okay yeah um, I uh, he told me the first time we came to Carmi he says you guys don't know how to play defense down there you play belly to belly and I you know this came from no well, I played for David Lee David yeah. Lee played for Jack Hartman Jack Hartman learned from <laughs> Hank Iba <laughs> Iba who Bobby Knight run from from him yeah, yeah. and, and James Naismith was overseeing <laughs> it I'm, I'm sitting here going I, well I don't know about that comment <laughs> and know? now on the line we've got Ed Chapel calling yeah, I, in I, I, but I took it for what it was and, and tried to listen to what he was wanting to be to, to be done but uh, you know it, it's a learning experience guys dealing with people and dealing with other coaching philosophies. They're all similar and there, and, and there's a difference. Yeah. You know, he, he ran the motion. Um, I did not, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and tell you I was an offensive genius back then. Cause I wasn't, uh, come out of Carmine and the game was different mm -hmm. Yeah. and the way they did things, you know, they were just starting to get some things in there. that were continuity. Uh, when I say that, that, that they flowed with five-man five man movement, which is what Bobby Knight was teaching at Indiana right, with the yeah. motion. But, you know, when you have an offense, you have to break everything down, and you have to teach all aspects. You just can't go out there and say move and just cut and run. You have to break it down. And uh, that's that's the big thing. I've seen people run motion. They, I want to run motion because the people can't switch. Well, that's not necessarily true. Yeah, You can switch anything. It, it, it helps when they don't know where you're going. Right. That's true. But uh, it's like everything else. If you're going to switch defenses and you work on it the right way, you're going to be able to do it against anything. Yeah. So it's just what you choose to do. And, and I took the kids down there, and we just run something really basic. Um, I mean, I didn't know really what, really what to do and what he was doing, so we run something basic that I didn't think would mess up anybody that went up too bad. Right. And uh, we worked on the defense. and. And um, yeah. would that have been your was that your freshman Chip year? It was my snow. No, the next year. year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So in basically March of '87, it must have been on one-year contracts, or maybe everyone was on a one-year because you guys got the board had to vote on both you and Chapel again. Well, um, yeah, everything was a one-year until yeah. you got on ten-year. Right. Okay. So in uh, that year, you both were rehired at a four-to-three vote. So three guys voted against you. Did Is you ever, right? did you like, uh, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. It seems like we've, when we've been doing these shows, we do a lot of like, we look at the school board minutes and look at these things. And it seems like there's a lot of like really common things that one or two people vote no against. And I don't know if that's just the politics of a school board or what makes them do that. But that year, uh, Bill Bryan, John Brookhart, and Dwayne Scott all voted no to rehire both you and. Did you ever hold grudges? Did you care? Did you pay attention to any of that? Well, Gary, I never knew about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the newspaper, I promise you. It I didn't there. read the newspaper. <laughs> Probably a good thing then. Well, I, you know, and that's interesting to me because um, what was the what was the record that year? Well, they were, the varsity was just 
12 and 15, I okay. believe, yeah. But you're coming off John Brooks, who, God love Coach Brooks, a great guy, but we've talked about it on this podcast. He just he didn't do a whole lot of coaching. I mean, he, I, I didn't play my senior year. Um, I'd hurt my knee in football and thought, you know, the, the writing's on the wall here. I'm not going to mess with this. But the first – those three years of Coach Brooks were pretty challenging. My, by the end of my junior year, we weren't even practicing hardly. And, and when we did, we just scrimmaged and rolled the balls out for 30 minutes, and we left. So when Chapel comes in, you've obviously got an assistant coach that's young and eager. That vote shocks me. Like, I wonder what the plan was if one more guy would have flipped his vote. Right, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, um, a lot of times you have to think you get thrown in with what everything is going on. Right. And uh, you have – Maybe you have people that, uh, you know, it may not be you as much as it may be the whole scenario that they're voting about. They think they need a fresh new start and yeah. et cetera. So. I wonder if maybe, I mean, it could be they knew what that vote was going to be and they decide if it's going to be 4-3, at least we'll send a message that we're not incredibly happy. I don't, well, they, I don't know. they didn't send a message here with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The message maybe wasn't directed. And at we me. had a pretty good fresh soft season that sure. way for the talent uh, that we had that year. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. So I I thought you know we were doing a pretty good job, but you know I didn't get mixed in the local politics or the local hangouts. I might stay to myself. Right. That's what I'd been told to do. Right. And uh, that's pretty much what what my wife and I did at the time. Yes. Yeah. Hey, let's take a quick break here um, as we're getting ready to go into some of these great teams that we had, and uh, obviously Stacy Moore is is part of that. And Stacy represents. The People State Bank, and they've supported Lawrence County for all their financial needs in four locations in Bridgeport, Sumner, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville since 2000, well, almost 20 years now. In the days of the mega mergers and large out-of-state corporate banks, the People State Bank continues to be a bank that works and lives in the local community where customers can get the personal, face-to-face attention they deserve, and decisions can be made by local people, part of your community, rather than being passed up the chain to a faraway corporate headquarters. From youth groups to 4-H activities, many sports organizations, and of course, pack the place when the Salukis and the Indians get together, and we remember those days when you could actually pack the place, but we're getting back to there. So if you're looking for a local folks that care about you and and are looking out for your financial needs look at those four locations in bridgeport sumner st francisville and lawrenceville and that is the people's state bank so we are back for another another season it was um coach chapel and uh coach kindle are back along with coach evans on the basketball coaching staff and then I, I come in as a freshman, and I wasn't one of the, the good players, but we had a really good class of freshmen coming in, and we're so glad I can speak for my classmates that uh, Coach Chapel allowed Coach Kendall just to stay down with the freshmen most of the time because we got that whole year to experience his coaching. And we had a great season. We went 13-0 that year, NEC tourney champs. We had T-shirts printed with Assembly Hall on the back of them. I don't know if that was that your idea. Greatest T-shirt ever. I can't find mine. I'm but. sure it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I laugh about that, but I don't think anybody asked me a whole lot about any of yeah. it. Just, it things just kind of happened. Uh, I wasn't a big promotional person to be. I mean, right, it yeah. seemed like something that would be your your uh, idea, but, so, but we love had, the T-shirts. We had the Booster Club, and I'm glad you. I don't remember them, but I'm glad that you. Yeah. You enjoyed them, and I'm sure that I probably seen them. But yeah. <laughs> We're talking thirty seconds. Yeah, I think it said like I think now, it said so. like dreams can come true on or something like that in assembly hall because he um, might have erased that in his memory with that four to three school board vote. <laughs> I uh, yeah, so uh, 
just the class in, would end up graduating in 91. So we had a very successful freshman team that year. Um, and that was your first really introduction to Brandon Smith, who was, we'll talk about him a lot in this podcast, but one of your all time great players. And um, I remember that freshman tournament hit two buzzer. I think we've found somebody who said he had like 10 buzzer beaters throughout his career. And Amazing. those may have been his first two. I know we played in the mm-hmm. quarterfinals and semis on that Saturday there at our gym. And uh, we want, we played floor and Mount Carmel, I think, and went on buzzer beaters in both games. And so, um, like I said, our, our class, you, you, you're having a lot of success at the freshman level. And then Coach Chapel resigned yeah, so that, Mar- that spring. So March of 88, Chapel resigns, and the newspaper said he resigned under pressure, in quotes, you know. He was 26 and 27 in two years. But obviously there was a lot of talent coming, and that was very evident. Um, did Ed talk to you? Did you know what was going on about him wanting, or was he, was he, was he pressured to leave? Did you know anything of what was going on at the time? Well... There was a, a definite divide in what was going on. Right. Um, you had, uh, I think he knew what was going on, and I think he knew he was under some pressure mm-hmm. as the season was going on to, to produce. Um, I just think there were a lot of things going on around the scenes with in that situation that, the, it, you know, when they want somebody out, they put pressure on them in a lot of different ways. Um, and uh, I don't, I, I'm not really – certain what mm-hmm. all was said to him because we didn't uh, converse a whole lot right. about about that. He just up and he resigned and it wasn't unexpected. Yeah. But uh, it's one of those things. I yeah. mean, it, it happens and if you stay in your, your job long enough, you're going to eventually somebody's going to want to fire you or, right. you know, that's part of coaching. That's right. what I yeah. learned from Gene Hale is that uh, – you have your period of time when you're, you're they really like you, and there's a period of time you need to get out because they're going to challenge you. And if you survive that, you may go on, yeah. but you're still, you know, as he said, you're going to make enemies every year you coach. Right. Yeah. He said that you're going to step on somebody's toes. Right. And you step on enough toes, then you get asked to, to resign and go someplace else. Was right. it Tommy Lasorda that said we're all interim managers? I think. Yeah. That's <laughs> a pretty good, pretty good yeah. uh, summary there. What do, do we know where Coach Chapel's at now? I know he coached uh, girls basketball for a while in Southern Illinois. I can't remember where at in Galatia. Galatia, yeah. yeah. But I'm not. Sh- I think he's retired now. I'm sure, not sure what yeah. he's doing. I, last time I seen Ed was over at Sisney. Okay. He was over there, and we talked a little bit a ball game uh, at a ball game. You know, we've got uh, older and moved on. Uh, not that we, there was anything between us. I right. Mean, it was an awkward situation. Sure. Right. You know, I think he knew what was going on and. And what and I kind of had an idea what was going on. Right. I didn't know what how much pressure he was really under at the time, but what all that was being said, I just knew that there was tension. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think even Clifford had mentioned on our Facebook page that Chapel basically their offense was basically not. I mean, I I know you said motion, but I think sometimes a kid may take that as like well, we're just supposed to move. I mean, they don't know what that means at that time. So you guys had just different complete opposite philosophies with basketball from the defensive comment that he made to you about, you know, what you'd learned and then maybe just some of the offensive things that had been done. Well, I don't think he meant anything bad about it. Right, he lost right. to Carmi a couple of times in the regional when he was at Sisney and Carmi does play tight to t- tight. They're on you tight. Belly to uh, belly, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But they do honor ball side. You yeah. know, the old time they used to talk about ball side and help side. Help side was – you know, the side that where the ball wasn't on, right. where you'd loosen up, and the rest of them you were playing tighter. 
and they pushed the ball back then to the middle and not to the baseline. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they would pressure you. That would, you know, it would be half court a lot of times, so they would pressure you, and that's what we were taught to do. And, and But we were also taught to honor ball side when we were on the weak side of the floor. Right. And we were also taught to, to be moving as the ball moved off of our men. And we run that drill, shell drill. That, yep, came, yep. that, that came from David Lee, mm-hmm. uh, who got it from Jack Hartman, and that's what they, they ran. And right. that's what they teaches you, ball movement, ball positioning, w- with the ball on defense. Exactly. And man positioning. So, uh, But you do pressure. Mm-hmm. And you're a pass away, and, and on your you know, and most of the time there can be four people a, ball, a pass, pass away at right, times. Right. So that's what you'd really want to have if right. you're an offensive coach. So they can't help as much. Uh, they've got to worry about all, you know, guarding the guy guarding the ball, having to help off the ball, and at the same time, if they help too much, they're putting a, a guy in a position to, sh- to be open and shoot the ball. So uh, you have to do it the right way. Right. I think one of the things I remember too, and I think one of the first things you did, one of the first practices, you basically took a, a, a roll of athletic tape and you cut a line halfway from the free throw line down, and that's what when we did the shell drill, you knew. If you're on opposite side of the ball side, where you were supposed to be. So that's one of the things I always kind of remember with that with that shell drill. I remember doing that a lot. I got that, for, again, from high school, mm-hmm. um, very much so, uh, from uh, David Lee. That was one of the drills that uh, he ran. And he, as a matter of fact, I may still have – I don't know whether I give that to Brian Havel or mm-hmm. I've got it at home up in, in, in uh, a box, those drills that I ran. There was about 11 of them that uh, he gave me when at camp. Mm-hmm. I was at a camp uh, at David's and uh, with Jerry Sloan. It was Lee, Sloan and Lee camp in McLeansboro. Yeah. And uh, I was there for a couple of days and he gave me that uh, that day. And I've kept it and then I've got other copies. I, when I was with Doug Creel, who ended up coaching at Mount Vernon, Doug gave me a co- another copy. So um, a lot of people that have had some success in coaching has had that copy of defensive drills mm-hmm. and, and have you know valued uh, the importance of it teaching defense yeah i know you're going to go into the school board meeting yeah. uh, i just wanted to ask real quick so just kind of a, a nuts and bolts thing did did you interview again i mean did they bring you in for the head coaching job and say oh, what are you going to do fred or how how that work okay <laughs> best i can remember here harry come down to the gym and he says do you want the job are you in are, are you interested and i said yes he said you need to get me a letter stating that you're interested in the job, which I did. And uh, he took it and took it to the board. And they kept postponing this decision. Yeah. And uh, I think there were some people in the community that wanted a more experienced coach. Right. And I think it might have been Ron Felling, but I don't think it was (laughs) going to happen. But uh, there was an arrangement, and it wasn't a legal arrangement, but there was an arrangement that I would meet with some board members away from the school. Okay. And I won't say who the, the – there was a board member on there that was very much in favor of uh, – that I that I get the job. Yeah. His, uh, his son played for me. And uh, we arranged that meeting with some of the board members that might have had some questions. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And they questioned me, something similar to what's going on here about things. And there were some that had worries about – my thoughts about certain individuals on the team and how the things that went on there. And we discussed all that in that meeting and I left and, and, uh, 
there was nothing else ever said. And they went to the school board. I do think Gene Allen represented the freshman group there at the mm-hmm. school board and had some things to say there. Mm-hmm. I do exactly. remember that. Yeah. And uh, they made their decision. I think it might have been May. I don't know. It, it was. was so awesome. we're going back, like I said, I wasn't sure if you knew about the Gene Allen thing since you said you didn't necessarily uh, pay attention. But it was, it it was, was the March of 88 yeah. school board meetings when Gene and I think a few other players went and basically spoke in support of you. You obviously coached them, and they thought a heck of a lot of you. And they knew what their future was, and they wanted you to be a part of that future, which I think th- think says a heck of a lot about about you. Well, it says a lot about them. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it how says- long did you rehearse that speech with those kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for for you that are listening, I just got a really nasty look from Coach Ken. <laughs> so, did you know Gene was going to do this, or that group was going beforehand, or actually, did you learn about that afterwards? Actually, I think I learned about that. I learned about it afterwards. Wow, that had to feel fantastic to you yes it yeah. does when you think about right. it, back about it uh, there's a lot of things it's hard to describe uh-huh. that you go through when you keep you're involved with kids and you sure. coach kids you grow close to them you grow close mm-hmm. to a lot of them and uh, when you're in the a season you, you know uh, there are things that happen and and that, when I had that group of freshmen, it was a unique experience. Uh, it was unique. Those kids I, I really felt close to for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed being around all of them. I mean, they all worked hard in what we'd done. And uh, I know we had stayed undefeated, and we'd beat Robinson in a real close game. Brandon played and scored most of the points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they sent us, I think, seven, four or five days later to Robinson, and he didn't go. And that kind of was supposed to be the end of the run. Everybody thought, well, to the to the toughness yeah. of those those kids, mm-hmm. they fought and won that ball game. And if I, if I recall right, Eric Coates, which wasn't much more than five foot at the time, mm-hmm. went down the lane and hit a hook shot <laughs> to seal that game. <sighs> and I mean, it wasn't anything I was doing. Right. It was their heart. Sure. They fought with everything they had to maintain that season. Yeah. And they surprised a lot of people that they won without without him, yeah. Because he'd been such a big factor in the game with them before, and and they, you know, it was. Uh, I, when I look back at it, I thought, wow, you know, what can you say about character? Yeah. And I'm not being characters. I mean the character of kids. When uh, you see that that endurance of strength and commitment to, and desire to win, that's a big part of it. Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're right. So May 12th, you're actually officially hired by the board as going to be the head coach for that upcoming for the 88-89. Uh, of course, you remained as the uh, football coach. Like we talked about that earlier, had a pretty darn good run, both the best season that, that our school had ever seen at that particular time. Going, uh, you know, making winning the first playoff game. Do you remember as far as the preparation goes? We've talked about this several times that back in the playoffs, then you played your last game Friday night. The first playoff game was Wednesday night, and then you played another game Saturday. I'm oh, yeah. still shocked that, about that. that Every that, time I hear that. For the sport of football, that's that's not a tough transition. Do you remember much about the preparation with the with get going into the playoff run there? Okay. I think we played Casey the first game. Yeah, yeah. That was the 22-21 uh, yeah. double overtime, right? Yep. It was 0-0. Zero zero triple with, overtime. Triple, because it was 0-0 zero zero going into overtime. We had played Casey early in the year, and they ran basically to the strong side. I can't remember now exactly what they ran, what it was called. But they'd run to the strong side a lot because mm-hmm. it was an overload. 
uh, in their backfield. And they've done that a whole lot the first game, very, very little to the, to the weak side. Um, but in the playoff games, of course, we're now 10 games into right. the season. They ran to the, they run a lot of, to the opposite side. And uh, that created some problems in that game. Right. And, you know, it was just kind of a back-and-forth game. It didn't seem like we could ever really get a foothold to, to, do some, to stop them the way we did in the prior right. games. But then, you know, it come down to a goal line, down to the goal line and a play. You know, I think that was that game going overtime. It was triple overtime. Triple yeah, 22-21 yeah, and triple overtime we won. Yeah, 0-0 zero, zero in the regula regulation. Yeah. It just came down to, I mean, a – a play, right? Right. I mean, uh, I think an off-direction play, to be honest with you, and uh, that worked, right? Um, so, uh, big, a big, a big win. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I, right. I mean, you know, it uh, big crowd. Yeah, oh gosh, yes. You know, uh, yeah. You could had, feel the energy. That well, the people had never been. They hadn't been there. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing when you have to think about Red Hill guys. It's one of the problems is that. Uh, they hadn't won a whole lot. I mean, if you look back at their sports at the time, hit and miss. Yeah, my group, you know, as we went through, and we had some athletes, but only thing we knew how to win at was baseball. We didn't know how to win, what it took to be really good at football or basketball. We didn't know how to do it in baseball, but you're right. They didn't know how to do it. You know, yeah, the thing about it, you when you're the smallest school in the conference, you can't let kids know that they're the smallest school in the conference. Right, yeah. You don't want that inferiority complex. Um you are against up against it. There's no doubt about it. It's better to be the big school than it is to be the small, the small school in the pond. But uh, you can act like the big school in the pond. It's all about attitude. Now I'm not going to tell you it's easy because there's going to be years that your talent level is not going to be as deep as others mm -hmm. or as strong. When you have the classes come through, you can be very good. And and that year, there was an exceptional senior class. The right there. class. The right, right yeah. class came yeah. at the right time. Yeah. And. Sure. Uh, they had the right uh, attitude, although there were some funny things that happened that year mm -hmm. along the way that, uh, you know, and when I say funny, that you laugh laugh at. And yeah. the kids were, I mean, you know, they were into what was going on. Right. But they had another side to them. There was practical jokes and things like that. Oh, yeah. We've, we've touched yeah, we, on that a little bit. We yeah. covered that school year one time. <laughs> so. Hey, I do real quick want to just talk about somebody that definitely was in the crowd that night and was probably yelling at the top of his lungs and into a microphone, and that's Terry Andrews. And when you talk about him, you know we're looking at the Andrews Insurance Agency. And when you're looking for insurance, we would hope you choose, choose these independent agents, Terry Andrews and Justin Shear, that handle all of your insurance needs they're right there at that location at 542 main street from farm commercial or personal insurance they can professionally handle any insurance needs that you may have at rates you can afford and don't forget through the years no one has supported red hill athletics like the andrews insurance agency so if you are you gonna do it this time gary brought down by a pack of dogs and get off your seats and get on your feet. <laughs> he didn't want to do it this I time, didn't. but I pressured him into it. <laughs> and go see T-Bone and Juice or give them a call at 945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. So kind of going into basketball, so you're now the defensive coordinator on a football team that has now at least won one playoff game. You're now preparing for your first season as a varsity basketball coach. 
you don't typically, I mean, now you got a little bit of a playoff run happening here, not knowing what's going to happen at Carlisle. How much did that affect, or were you, did you get to spend much time at home, or was it open gyms after basketball or after football practice? And, you know, how, how was that dynamic working for you? Well, Gary, I don't remember too well. I don't think there was a lot of open gyms because I don't think I had a lot of time. Right, right, yeah. Uh, at that point, um, I just really don't remember all that to that. I don't think I brought the kids in. That were okay. out on the football field. I just don't remember. Probably not, yeah. Um, but I'm assuming the other kids probably were, or those were opportunities. I don't know if you were trying to pull. And I can't remember back in the day, could the, could the coach even participate in open gyms back then maybe or maybe not? Oh, Gary, there's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's, let's uh, be honest. I mean, you can have the open gyms. You know, right. You're in the gym. You're not supposed to be coaching. That's right. That's what it was. That's right, yeah. I, uh, I can remember some like during eighth hour PE that you're like Dave Hobbs, somebody that didn't play football with like – he do some basketball workouts during eighth hour PE and so forth, but a lot of yeah. the you know your I basketball see. players are on the football team. Stacy, Stacy, Lance, Clifford, Mark, Brandon. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, the top guys are playing football too at the time. You know, I, so I don't really remember worrying a whole lot about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, you go. I've went through that before, and and um, you just have to deal with it. Um, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Uh, there's times I have been frustrated when you know that when I wasn't in football and we were starting and uh, no, not knowing you know exactly what the end product's going to be. Right. I, I know, uh, but you know, you, 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 if you like these kids, you want them to be successful, right? In everything they do, because I want to tell you something, it helps you in the next sport, right? If you if they're not, then you got something to over have to overcome, and. Um, so you like that that winning attitude, and I just don't remember. I, you know, I was probably overwhelmed, and I was probably tired mm -hmm. from all the R's with Bill Evans and right. football yeah. back in with his practices. I mean, you the way he, we practiced back then, you would start his double days were triple days, and I mean it was you had you had offensive people in, then you had defensive yeah, people, yeah, and you right. take a break and practice, and when you get through the oh man that first part before school started, that was a that was a beast of a yes, time to it go. Was. Yes, and, it was. And uh, you go through a season like that, and you're practicing, you're tarred toward the end of it. Yeah. Um, so you, you've got to refresh yourself for the upcoming basketball season. And uh, I just know we – I just remember going to Carlisle, and I remember getting up that morning and walking out and going back in the house and putting on more clothes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask about that game. Is that the coldest you've ever been? Because I think it is me. <laughs> it's pretty cold. Yeah. I, I tell you, I have to laugh about it. I don't know how many layers I had on. But we get up there, and, and we have a dumb butt with us. Our head coach. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, I thought so. Yeah. He's, and I don't know if he hadn't went outside or what the deal was, but I think he showed up in his shorts. He's always going to wear shorts, or at least try. And Chris Goff took pity on him and gave him a set of his sweats to put on. Those may be a little too big, I think, maybe. But I'm sure they were. I did matter. And I remember Chris going, I felt sorry for him. And I said, well, I felt sorry for him. Many, many times, yes. you know, at times I said because of the pressure that the person goes through. Right. Yeah, but I said, I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> not, not this time. Not this time. <laughs> not this time. So we, we end that, and now it's time for that basketball season, the 88-89 basketball season, which was you knew the talent that you had coming in there. Your first season of head coach, 21-5 and record, 12-2 and in co-champs of the, of the NEC. Lance is, I think he was runner-up to MVP – 
Stacy's first first team All NEC. Had a heartbreaker in the head. That had a tough one in the regional. And didn't get, didn't get out. And I think those guys that probably still to this day gets at them that they didn't get out of that regional and they didn't get that hardware. Well, it should haunt them. It haunts me. Yeah. To this day, you yeah. Know, it, it always did. I, I can I can tell you that that was a interesting season because Ambrose was hurt to begin right, with. Right. Right. He did try to play early at uh, Paris and and we lost that tournament to Marshall. Right, yep. And uh, I was not real happy with that. And I caught yeah. some flack because I wouldn't go down and get the daggone trophy with him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't very happy. I probably should have, but I, I, I didn't. And I didn't think much about it at the time. I was, you know, trying to figure out what we were going to do. And, right. and then Mark goes in for surgery. And, you know, he was a big part of the mm -hmm. ball club. But I, I brought Brandon up, and we won 15 ball games in a row. Yeah. Um, we started uh, playing pretty good basketball, um, needless to say, and, and things clicked for us, and uh, we were doing doing well. Didn't really have a whole lot of close games, honestly, in that in that run of, of all those wins, a couple here and there, but it was pretty dominating performance. We, right. we played well, uh, defensively well, and, and what we were doing offensively was working, although I will tell you as a first-year coach, I was never really happy with what we were doing. I was always in the the world of confusion, knowing we're not rotating the ball well enough. We're not. We don't have enough movement on the varsity level. There's Achilles' heel here, and I've got to figure this out. It was Lance Smith. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Lance wasn't the Achilles' heel. <laughs> no. But I, I will tell you, as, as I've thought about that group of kids, had I run the triangle offense some. And I, where I would have moved Lance out to the free throw line, yeah, more, and and opened it up down low for other people. But Lance could shoot the ball from the free throw line, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there were some kids there. And we needed to do some different things uh, in that offense. But yeah, you're young and you're first year coaching. I, my offensive background wasn't nearly as strong as my defensive background was. When I was in high school, we ran Jack Hartman's one three one offense. And it was make a pass, make a cut, and shoot the basketball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and there wasn't much continuity to it and much movement. There wasn't a lot of screening. So I knew after that first year going in that I need to start watching some things because I needed to learn some things and try to figure out what direction I wanted to go in. And uh, we changed some things that year as we went along, but I don't think we ever changed enough. I needed I should have, if I could have got him up and out of the blocks and moved him some more, it would have helped his game. And I, I recognize that. I, it took me a while to recognize it, but I think about things for a long, all summer when I was coaching and the right. next sure. year, yeah. even after years like that. And then you get in later in your career and you realize you have a kid like Steve Wilson and you're moving him in and out of the blocks and he's shooting that shot at the top of the free throw line and it's a big part of his game. You think, God, wouldn't I do that with Lance? With Lance right. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know that year had some uh, highlights too and. And, and uh, a couple lowlights. I think that we always talk about the toughest places to play, Carmine being one. But we used to play Friday night against Flora, Flora yes. which we beat them. And then that next Saturday night, we drove to Salem and played them. And that's where we took sole possession of the NEC. And then the next night, 24 hours later, take a loss to Salem on the road. That was that, that's a, We lost there, too, my season. That's a, That wasn't an easy place to play either. So did 91. Yeah. So yeah. 89, 91, and 93, that all happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 91, I definitely remember that. We looked terrible that night. Mm -hmm. 
Matter of fact, I think we lost a double. Did we lose two I of them that night? Two of them that weekend? Yeah, we lost to Florida and Salem that weekend. Um, so we had the conference lead and, and then I, lost two in a row. If you'll go, I'll we'll go get back, back a little bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, we were at, uh, yes, uh, we played our hearts out to right. a packed house that night One point against game. against Flora. And we had, Flora was a, I tell you, Tom Welch is a great coach. Yes. Yeah. And uh, when you had, you know, when you can bring in your talent, local talent, and get some other talent out, yeah, that's you're right. going to be really, really <laughs> good. And when you can coach, you're really going to be there. Good. You go. And he had, uh, he was a uh, taskmaster at his offense, and it takes time and work to shut that down. And that night, we, you know, we done a pretty good job, and we played pretty well. And then to come down to being in a timeout, and I always remember this saying something to the extent Brandon was going to the line when he hits this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was told later he's, by him at one time, he said, nothing like putting a little pressure. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, as we – and I had learned from so many times, he comes through. Yes. Mm-hmm. Quite often. And he come through that night with some big free throws. Salem, we came in there flat. Mm-hmm. Um, we just didn't play well. And, and there was many times – and when I said places to go play – Salem was a hard place to play. For one thing, there was nobody ever there in the gym. Right. right. Well, it was a big gym, too. It was. So. Oh, they held super sectionals there, yeah. I think, at one time. Mm-hmm. It was it, no excuse for it. Uh, we just didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It, I've had a lot of teams go there. It, it, to me, going there in Carmi were very tough places to play. Carmi, because it's on top of you, and you don't get a lot of good called games there. Mm-hmm. We don't. You don't see the officials that you see other places. Right. Salem had nothing to do with the officiating. We stunk. <laughs> we just <laughs> flat out stunk. And uh, that we just did. We didn't play well. And and there were many times we didn't. Even your senior year was. Yeah. We learned, but that your senior year. Back to that, we learned something in that game that would help us. I did anyway. That would help us later on, and we would see, see something and know that there was a change that we had to make, to to get better. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were not handling. We handled zone pressure very well. We weren't handling man-to-man pressure, full-court pressure very well. You know, we we had four guards with your season and a center, and not a one of them was a natural point guard. Right. right. Yep. We had to invent. So we had to invent some things to get along to do better. Now, these zone presses, we were going to pass through and get the ball in the middle and probably to Bobby, and we're going on the right. other direction. Right, off to the races, yeah. You know, that's, that's changing things. But uh, that 89 team going over there, it was a different team too because – we just didn't have um, – at the time, we had three big kids on the back line and Clifford and and uh, Stacy and at the guard. We just weren't as quick as we needed to be at times, and we were not – defensively, we were starting to struggle a little bit at times. And that, that kind of concerned me as mm-hmm. we went along. But people also had seen us and seen what we were doing, and they were making adjustments too. Yeah. yeah. I think a couple another highlight of that year was the game down on Mount Carmel where Eric Holtz hits a about a half court shot at the buzzer to win and then Stacy Moore hits a a 15 footer this is in the 89 88 89 season. Yeah, the JV Stacey, game so JV Eric game. Holtz won okay. game winner in the JV game. Stacy hit a You're shot. probably down in the locker room during yeah. that. Yeah, and then Stacy hits about a 15 footer at the buzzer to beat Mount Carmel. That was yeah. that was an exciting. Full, it went from full court on that if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. and, and Clifford hit had hit two threes to bring it. he had hit a three all season long and hit two threes to tie it up. <laughs> well, he ever tell you the story on that? Um, he probably has, but you I'd I, love I to hear it from your it. perspective. Yeah. <laughs> They weren't guarding him. 
They didn't think they needed to, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he come by the bench and said something and I about shooting. Like, I, can I shoot it, Coach? You know, <laughs> something like that. I, I don't Should know. I? <laughs> and he shot it and hit the three. Yeah. And uh, come back down, and he said something else. And I said, okay. And Chris Goff says, do you know what he just said? <laughs> <laughs> and needless to say, I didn't know that he said, I want me to shoot it again. <laughs> and he jumped up and shot it again and it went in. And, uh, and you said, see, golf? I know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's a true, that's a very true story. That's um, great. I mean, it, it worked out. And, you know, he must, he must have felt it. Yes. He nailed it. There weren't, they, they were just went straight in. Yeah. And it changed that ball game some. Now, Absolutely. you know, Mount Carmel was a good ball club. Oh, geez, yeah. There was not a bad ball club in the NEC that year. I yeah. mean, there were some that didn't fare as well. Carmi was young, but they were competitive. Uh, Lawrenceville, they were tough on us. But, yeah. You know, uh, there were just a lot of good ball clubs that year. Olney, especially. Yes. That kid in the middle, Olney, had that was player of the year. Mm -hmm. Messenger, a, Dennis Messenger. Yeah, he was good. He could jump. I remember him dunking on us over at Olney. At Olney. I think we had two overtime games with those that year. And they they beat. As a matter of fact, didn't they beat Flora? They, that's a, I forgot about that. They did that year. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. We lost to Salem, and they lost to Olney. Mm. And I think I looked up the standings last night. I think they were sixth in the conference, and that was yeah. a team that took us to which they took us to overtime and then beat Flora, and they were sixth in the conference that year. Yeah, I mean it was a tough conference that year. And I did want to mention while we're, we're taking a little break here, don't forget our sponsors, Gray's Restaurant, People State Bank, Andrews Insurance, and, of course, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. We truly appreciate their support, and, and uh, it's going to help when we do these little contests and prizes and stuff. So, And we appreciate the feedback on the Facebook page. And don't forget, if it really helps us and lets our sponsors know that you're listening, hit the subscribe button wherever you hear your podcast. We appreciate that, and we will be right back after a quick break. Okay, we're back. Uh, I'm going to continue with our interview with coach Kendall. Um, one thing I wanted to ask as we kind of finished up on the 88, 89 season, one of the biggest victories of the season, uh, was against, uh, I believe third ranked North city in the, uh, Carmi tournament. Yeah. That's what somebody put. I knew they were top five. They were somebody top posted five. yesterday. They're, number three. So that's what we're going to go with top five for sure. Uh, talk about that game. Your memories of it. That had to, that had to mean a lot to you with your history with them. Well, um, I knew they were good. I'd seen them play seven times that year. Oh, wow. Uh, I went to the holiday tournament and watched them down there and, and, and sat with my cousin. And we watched them, and, and uh, I'd watched them prior to that. And then I watched them other – you know, I think I watched them three times at the tournament. I had a good idea how strong they were, but I also knew that they got a lot of points on cross screens for the Cozart kid, and that's what he scored on. And I knew that if you could take that away and take – that part away and then limit him, you can maybe get 16, 18 points from him. And uh, we worked on doing that. But when we went in the game, the big thing was trying to work on matchups. And uh, Coach Evans said, I think Brandon and Hobbs can guard Jackson and Gray. Uh -huh. And that's who we put them on. And they done a good job on the kids. Um, we just, you know, I think we caught them where uh, – we, they had a hard time with Lance. Right, yeah. They had a hard time with Stacy, And we got in some foul trouble. And, and uh, we had Gene and I think Eric in the ball game. And they kind of laughed when Eric come in the game. Right. 
And what did he do? He hits one from half court. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember walking off and, and David Gray kind of laughing about that, but it, that came back to bite him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I know Dan Price was the principal down there, and he come up to me after it, and he said, we were afraid of this. Mm -hmm. But at least it happened. we got beaten with somebody that we uh, – or somebody's team that we have connection with. Right, yeah. They were very graceful about it, yeah. and they were very good very good and I don't know what I know I to me we'd played Flora and uh we'd played them and I thought well these are the two best teams we're going to see on the year on the year most of the time but there were a lot of good teams in our conference which had helped us along the line playing them we'd been in those type of ball games they'd been in the El Dorado tournament which is a good tournament but they played in a different conference and they weren't seeing the competition we were seeing on the year and I think that helped us in that game but then again, we turned around and, and went up against the South Seven team with the, probably a little too much confidence. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going to ask bit. if the next night was over a little bit of a well, overconfidence you, going in, or was Harrisburg have a did they have a Harrisburg good team? had a pretty good yeah. pretty good game. Needless to say, uh, Tony Holler was their coach. Uh, he's more known for you know they dismissed him down there, but they wanted to keep him around, and he coached track, and he's he's. Renown, you know, he's had track team, unbelievable track teams down there. I think he's won state once or twice. Yeah. And, uh, I think guy. he's up north now somewhere, Coach. Did he end up going to like Plainfield, Illinois or somewhere? I have no idea, but I, I will tell you this. He's a good guy. We got invited down to the big Harrisburg track invitational because of Matt. Mm -hmm. And he come down there and Matt – one, I think the 100, 200 that day, and then he ran a 46, 65. <laughs> and he come up to me afterward, and he said, do you realize what this kid just done? And I said, well, you're on a 40. He said, no, he beat two of the best athletes I've ever had. And what he done, he posted the time, and put it in a big magazine, track magazine. Oh, wow. And then that's where Matt started getting all of oh. his contacts from all the school because really? that got posted. Next thing we know, we were hearing from all kinds of schools that I don't know if we'd have heard from because he would have been hidden down here in Little Southern right, Illinois yeah. with right. all the local schools. Oh, wow, schools. That's, a, that's amazing. And he would have been going story. to the University of Illinois. And when, after that happened, he was getting, you know, here was Arkansas and, and the uh, big boys, big boys, you know. And it it changed the whole s scenery for for, the, for him for where he was going to go. So we're, I'm always grateful to him and yeah, grateful to absolutely. the invitation. But he done a good job that night with his kids. And mm -hmm. they had a big kid that caused Lance some problems. And we just never could get in the flow of things. So. Right. It's kind of amazing that with all the victories and all the great teams we had, we never won that tournament. That's a good, we, good we, point. We won a lot of tournaments, but we never never won yeah. that one. Good point. I, all the I hadn't thought about that, yeah. So I don't know how much we want to get into the, the the regional. We beat Newton pretty handily in the first game, and then we got to Robinson, which was, I guess, considered an upset at that particular time. We should have been favored to win that game, I would think. We should have been, yes. Yeah. They play in a good conference. They had some big kids on the back line. They had some good guards. Was that at Robinson, yeah, too? So they us. had it at home. Okay. I, to be honest with you, I got caught up in the officiating too much mm -hmm. and got upset with the officiating. And uh, I was really upset with the officiating. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've done that a couple times in my coaching career. And when I went back and looked at the game films, uh, you get ashamed. Uh, I, I remember going back with Chips. You know, we had the, talked about losing to Flora mm -hmm, at our, mm -hmm. on home, on our home floor. And I was so upset with that, that game. When I got back and looked at the film, I realized that we, we had Achilles heel. We did not like physical physicality in the in the 
in the post and being pushed. We didn't fight back. Mm. And they were doing it, and they were getting by with it, and it caused us problems. Mm-hmm. And that was the same thing that you, we seen with teams like Floor. We, our, our Floor would be physical. Robinson was very physical that night. They pressed us, and we made mistakes that we shouldn't have made. We just we got too far apart spread with the guards. Instead of paying attention to those things, I was more concerned about what I didn't like about the officiating. Right. And it was a lesson to be learned to begin with. Sure. Um, so, you know, I wasn't very happy with myself. I wasn't happy with, with the whole situation. And it, when I finally got home and got away from it in the summer, and I realized, boy, you've got to grow up. <laughs> mm. You know, uh, you've got to keep it together. Hmm. Well, something we've kind of talked about a lot with this, uh, the Facebook page, and we've basically ranked uh, the top six teams and we've done this hypothetical tournament. But one of the things that's come up, if, if you would have had this team for three years, how much that may have changed. Now, of course, this is all hypothetical. We have no idea, of course. But if you'd been, if you'd coached these guys for three years and this hadn't been your first year, how much more success they might have had. So, I mean, that's something to think about. And it's fun to think of. Or maybe it's not fun to think about. I don't know. But <laughs> I won't tell you. When you look back at the, the teams I coached, the importance of the first team is maybe they didn't win the regional, but mm-hmm. they won the conference and they set a winning attitude. Absolutely. Right? Yep. That's, that's sure. what they've done. We come up short. We come back the next year with an underclassman class. We were 3-8 and eight and finished 16-12. and 12. Yep. And we were back in a regional championship game again. That was very important. We missed a couple layups, guys. They could have changed that ball game around, and we might have got through and beat the Robinson team that beat us the year before. Um, so, uh, you know, that and that team, you think about it, they <laughs> we were lucky to get there. We beat right. Brandon Smith that delivers against Hudsonville mm-hmm. to beat Hudsonville. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that was the last second shot, wasn't it? Yeah, 49-48. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and we handled Lawrenceville rather easily that game. It could have been a lot worse than what we beat them, and that was a surprise. Right. And uh, we played, like I said, we played well that night. I couldn't find. I know, obviously, Chip's team and Brandon, those guys, they won the NEC freshman tournament. Yes, they did. Did, did McCullough and Havel and Mosby and those and Waller, they, did, they, did, they, they didn't win it. Okay, no. I couldn't remember if they – because we would have won three years in a row, and I wasn't sure if they had won it or not. The deal with that group, they were an incomplete group. Right. But you take those kids and you put them with Bobby Stevens and D. Holloway, and D. Holloway <laughs> all of a sudden – they're, they're six. Right. Yep. And then you start to say, hey, now wait a minute. We've got, we're going to add a little bit more to this because we got Alan Stokes. We got, we had Jeff Clark starting to play. Mm-hmm. We had Bunning and Hughes. But then you start saying, we had all these Murray, Shear. Yeah. We had two classes mm-hmm. in there to get, actually three, if you think, if you take the not, Chips class, yeah. three groups of kids and they all could play. Right. Coming in there, plus you had the class that like I said in 88, 89 that started it all. Brandon Smith and, and that, that class continued it with all these other people in it. And even though we lost at Newton, you know, the one time in our life that we have the last second shot set up for Brandon Smith and he doesn't get the ball. Right. And we lose. And we miss a, a good shot that I would, you know, I'm sure if we took it again, it would have went in. But a one, we would have been in the sectional the year when we thought we would have been. Right. And uh, it was, you know, so they all have a point. I mean, the same thing as the next year's ball club. They got the job done, and they lost a a ball game. But they got us there. Then the next year, we had all that experience, and we knew what it was about. And we went to a tough regional Mm -hmm. that year. And we won, and we got back home, and we won again. 
you know, I think and, even the eighty, even the eighty nine ninety team that went sixteen and twelve still won two regional games and played for the title. Yeah, loses to Robinson again, and then we like say then we move on to the ninety ninety one team that uh, again had all of then the, the, another great senior class. Uh, with some role players underneath them. I think one of the things we've also talked about a lot as a group with uh, on the Facebook page is just how the practices were very intense. I mean, you had just – and that's, that's another thing that makes everyone better too, of course, is when you have uh, basically 10, 12 guys that can just battle every day in practice, it's always going to make you better too. Well, you have to have a – you know, it, it, let's look at a tunnel and the lights at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Everything you do in practice has to lead to the end of the tunnel. So if you're going to do blockout drills, that's great. Mm -hmm. But if you're not going to emphasize that the rest of the practice, what good does it do? Right. That's a great so, point. So, I mean, that's the same thing. We've done a lot of three-on-three. -three. Yeah. And we, we ran a lot because we played competitively. We had to do everything correctly, from blocking out to getting to the right position. You know, the whole, whole dad going and, – ball of wax and we were physical and there was blood flowing in those practices yes, a yes lot there was um that we were competitive you know they, the thing is you're going to play the way you practice mm -hmm. and that's the big thing and if your practices are harder than what the games are going to be you're going to have a good chance of being successful and that's what was going on and uh and there was still you know there was closeness among the kids you know, there wasn't that there wasn't problems, but mm -hmm. sure. those first five years, there was a closeness among the kids. We had some moments that was idiotic stuff went on. Yeah, you know that you'd have to kind of deal with, but you know, with the, it, it's it's that closeness and that, that I think that uh, working that hard brings it and, and hurting at times. I mean, I can still remember Bobby Stevens getting diarrhea, <laughs> and he wasn't going to quit. Because he were up there running and, and it was coming down his leg when he was going to the I remember, the yeah. <laughs> and that just tells you how tough the kid he was. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, I mean, you know, it, and how much he was dedicated to the others. He wasn't going to get them in trouble. No, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of good memories when you think back there, but it just tells you how lucky I was to get a group of kids coming in that were just that hard nosed type of kids to work with. Yeah. Hey, why Coach Kendall gets a drink of his coffee here, I'm just going to say, I know we're on the other side of the river, but if you're ever going to listen to a podcast about Southwest Indiana basketball, this Monday, March 1st, will be it. Sectional 63 over here has number one, Bar-Eve, number two, Lagodi, number four, North Davis, and number 10, Orleans, in the same sectional, and that starts this coming week. So we've got all of those coaches. we got a nice crowd coming in to uh, watch that podcast happen on Sunday the 28th, and that will drop Monday, March 1st. So if you're interested at all in that kind of stuff, listen to the Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcast this Monday, March 1st, with all the sectional uh, 63 coaches. So with that 90-91 team, that was the first year we played in the Capital Classic. So did you enjoy that? Very. I know we, always, we still up with four at that time, but getting four games in two days, was yeah. that something as a coach you liked or didn't like? Well... I was asked to get yeah. into that, and it was better, and we could get away from going to Paris, which right. was three games, and we were going to play on our home floor. Right, big advantages. Sure, and we had to get teams in there, and we got some teams in there. We needed to be, we needed success. We needed to learn to win a tournament. Mm -hmm. When I said each team has its place, in, in, in my perspective, the history. Well, that cl class was the first one to win the Capital Classic, mm -hmm. first tournament we won. And I, the, what I remember about the ball game is we won pretty handily over at our our place, at least. 
but we walked into Lawrenceville and, and uh, Frohawk, I think was the principal there at the time. Yep. He says, you're in for it tonight. This team, nobody can beat them. He said, they've got college potential on that. And they did. They had right. two kids that, that could play college basketball. They were big and they were, he says, you guys, there's no way you guys can win this game. It's not even going to be close. Hmm. Said, wow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and we got in the game with them and, uh, you know, they got us up down by 11 at one point in that game. And we came back. And we get the ball I, coming down. And we got in that wheel. We were, we were running. And guess who the ball went to? Brandon Smith. MVP. Awesome. MVP. Top of the, top of the sure key. Brandon. And he hits it, which I think he scored a ton of points there in that, that last quarter. And we win over a team that, you know, there, nobody is going to beat that team. Yeah. And we, we beat them, and they were beatable. Right. You right. know, and uh, our kids, I think they knew that. We'd beat them before. They, they had a little advantage. They had a Fox kid that had come up there yeah. to play, and they were, they were talented. Uh, and I remember the celebration at the center. I couldn't believe it. But it was a relief. Yeah. We finally won a tournament, and that was the big part right there. You know, we have to – I tell you, sometimes you just have to advance up the ladder yeah and you have to figure things out and kids do and what did i say about heart those kids when they went to robinson those kids had tremendous heart and they had some depth to go with them at this point in time with the junior class and sophomore class you know you had kids playing yeah. other than just those kids coming in and uh, they had a great leader yep and we had great and good guards you know and uh, good good people surrounding them andrews hayes were playing we had holloway stevens waller uh, McCullough. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just had we had a, a lot of kids that could play. We may not look like we were the strongest group in the world, but you, we ran that Laurel Marymount sideline fast break, and Gene Allen, Eric Coates could deliver it, and Gene yes. Allen would knock it out it, at the three-point line. And that Mark, Mount Carmel team that was unbeatable, you went on to pound them pretty good later in the year. Um, you pound them year after year. It was a yeah, long time yeah. before you ever lost them out. Yeah, you may yeah. have not lost them out, Carmel, to that 93-94 season. I mean, you beat them by 17 the first time you played them in the regular season, and then you go and, and beat them by five again. So that unbeatable team found out that. Oh, they, they yeah. Uh, I've always thought that the 90-91 the team, top to bottom, from number one through number 15, was probably your most talent, probably the most depth and talent you ever had. Not that everybody played. Because only so many spots to go around, but there was a lot of talent on that yeah. team. Yeah. We were young, right. with some of that talent. Um, but a lot of those, a lot of those talent at the end of the bench would turn out to play on the super sectional team two years later. Yeah, so. You know, we actually, we, I was playing at one point in time in the season. I would take Gene and Eric out and play Waller and Stevens, sure, mm -hmm. yeah. as rest. Yeah. I was going with that to keep pressure on it. And then I think Bobby got hurt at some point in that season, and we kind of missed him for a while. And it messed up that rotation quite a bit, but we were we were we had the feeling that we could do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, D come in and, and you know played off the back line. And I remember Danny Stevens up at El Dorado at the time. He, he was he come up to me. He says, "Good grief, you got that kid, left-handed kid out there, and these other kids." <laughs> then you go to the bench, and here comes this <laughs> blonde-haired kid yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I thought, well, yeah, uh, we're. Uh, we got a little depth, you know. You still have to do the things to win and, and all that. And, but, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, – practices were 
tremendous. Yes. That's the thing. In that a regional championship game, do you remember the play you had drawn up? And I'm mean, we all talk, we assume that was gonna go to Brandon and for it whatever reason to. it just couldn't have gone to Brandon. Do you remember what, what it was what how it was drawn up? Oh, not really, but the ball went back out the top to to Rob Waller, who was in at the time, and Brandon was posting. Uh, I don't remember that where the first pass was supposed to go or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, I said, give it to him. I don't care what the situation <laughs> is. Give yeah. him the ball. Um, he didn't get it, and I've never watched the film to know why he didn't. Right. We were just talking about that with uh, some of the guy. Chad Andrews said that he has all the games, and Gino has the games. And it's like we can get these games. A lot of uh, some of our games are on YouTube now, and it would be nice to get some of those games to go back. And like I said, I still can't hardly watch the super sectional. But, you know, to go back and watch that to see exactly how they defended it, um, how uh, Newton defended Brandon. and I, You know, I don't, I don't know. So you're asking me that question, and yeah. I don't know. But I know that Hayes was wide open. Yeah, and he had the ball at the elbow wide open. Didn't take the shot. He dumped it down to Andrews, who was pretty much wide open until the guy come on him very late. And uh, he, I think he rushed a little bit on that shot because right. the they were big kids, and uh, it just didn't go in. Right, they didn't. It was a, it just didn't go in. He I had mean, a good shot at just yeah. fifteen footer. You know how that goes. Out. I mean, you know, if you go through your career as a player, you're going to fail sometimes. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's I've done that as a player myself. I've been to the line. In situations I and, and missed, I mean, at, up down at the Eldorado Holiday Tournament my junior year, one and one, missed the front end of it. Allowed him to get back in the ball game, coming down within a one-point ball game, then lost the ball. Mm. And uh, basically cost us that, that ball game. And you, they, you, that, it wasn't intentional, but it happens. Right. And, it, you know, it's just one of those things that goes on. You get, you get the shot. And you look at it, and sometimes it goes in and doesn't. I mean, right. I go back to, to the, the, the sectional at, at Newton when we lost that game. Hey, we got two seniors going the line that are good free throw shooters. They both miss front ends. Mm-hmm. I would go to the, the bank with yeah. both of them on that free throw line again, right. thinking that it's going to go in. Yeah, we, we've got a guy um, that co-hosts this show that was actually leading the free throw ladder one time and then had to go play a one-on-one game for the final <laughs> uniform and, and and unfortunately lost so you yeah. know about those disappointments yeah, I, I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so i know that one that one hurt bad you say goodbye to mike and brandon and gene eric chad i think that was the class. five just a great group i know that and you had even made the comment in the next year in this dog do you have a copy of this dog tales book someplace oh, yeah <laughs> so you even made the comment that that was as depressed as at least as a, as a coach that you had been after that season ended and because and, and, those kids were so special that was your freshman group well, and yeah the group i came up with yeah. right yes they were it was pretty tough to that fought it's for tough. you it's yeah. it's tough when any group of the kids leave out the door but it's uh it was tough with that group because i'd been with them for four years and yeah it was like mm, man uh I depended on those kids. Mm-hmm. Probably almost strange the next year to go into practice and they weren't there, I would say. Well, no, not okay. as much. It was strange that summer. Yeah. yeah, okay. When we started in, you know, we played 60 yeah. basketball games that right. summer. Okay. I never, we played over at Olney in a tournament. We played five or six weekends, different places. Oh, wow. In tournaments, we played and played. Probably VU and. Uh, uh, well, we played at VU, mm-hmm. went over. Actually, I think we won the camp at VU. Yeah. Uh, which was. Uh, kind of surprised me but we were starting to show progress yeah and uh we actually uh, knew fairfield was going to be the team to beat yeah and we played them the last game of the summer and uh, over at olony and i had my kids there and we (laughs) we played until about 
eight minutes to go in the game and it took them all out. Ah, uh, okay. Set them down. And I said, guys, we prove we can we prove we can play with them and beat them. Interesting. And set them down and said, I got to let these other kids play. Uh, wow. And uh, I wanted that to stay in breath and right up in here. And the head there, right there, that yes, they could play with them and they could beat them, and they were going to be the team to have to beat that year. That those are the kind of things, coach, that that made you have the the career record you had. Not not every coach would do things like that, and that's why guys that think outside the box just a little bit have the success you had. Well, thank you. I don't know if I was thinking outside the box, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, they already proved a lot. I mean, it, but again, it was strange. Yeah. Um, here we are, a different group, and you're trying. And I was really working that summer because I was wanting to make uh, some some major changes, and what how we were going to open up the floor, and how we were going to attack, uh, how we were going to utilize different players. I was starting to look at, at, at that. It's not a, it's the system has to be changed, not every year, but from year to year when your talent changes. Mm-hmm. Sure. And with that group, I I knew that offensively we were going to be good defensively. I had no doubt. But offensively, I wanted to change some things because I had this six-five kid named Matt McCullough that mm-hmm. can shoot the basketball. That can shoot, yes. But he was not that daggone good at the time in the blocks. But I wanted to bring him into the blocks. So how am I going to bring him into the blocks? So I figured out we would screen for him off of a guard, which they wouldn't switch. The kid I was going to screen with him with was the Mosby kid who was going to set a good screen. Mm-hmm. And he could slash into that low blocks and catch it, and he could finish that way. And I had a kid that could deliver the pass and could read it and didn't wouldn't be like, oh, there he is, now I'm going to throw it. Right. He would, you know, it's like anything else, Gary. You play quarterback, you, you're leading the guy, and you're seeing whether he's going to be open and right. you're going to deliver it as he in the right spot. That's what he would do. He'd catch Matt in there. And Matt could finish, turn his shoulder, get a kid up in the air and finish. But what we did with with that, we, we'd have the – as soon as that screen would be set and that ball would make a determination – Holloway would set the screen for Mosby, and Mosby would come out on the opposite side of the floor. And if Matt wasn't open, we'd skip it over to Mosby, and then we had Holloway in the blocks. Right. And then we'd set the double screen and move Matt out. Right. We had five men moving simultaneously most of the time. And he would come out and be an option to open if they could throw it to him, and we'd X off of it, have another option, and then we'd cross screen. And if they threw the skip to Matt – if he had the shot, he'd take it. If not, he'd be looking for the cross screen with Holloway. And we'd go into the next screen, we'd go into the flex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we'd go into the flex till Holloway got in the position that he was going to screen down, and we were back in the, what we called the par flex, mm-hmm. what I come up with. And, and that was important. But what the importance was, we were running quick openers, quick hitters, right. wanting to get the ball to certain people right away. Right. We're not all equal mm-hmm. when it comes to basketball talent. And it comes in, and you know, we takes all five playing on the floor to yep. be successful, but we all have different different abilities and roles. Yeah, yes, in different and and you know you may have five kids who can't shoot the ball, but I guarantee you two of them are going to be a little bit better than the rest of them. And Holloway was good in the post, and Matt could score a little bit in the post, but he was good on the perimeter. Yeah, fifty of one hundred yeah, that year 50, on three pointers. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> uh, and then you add the fact that we done some pick and rolls that year that we hadn't done, and freed up the Waller boy with the pick and rolls and and let him read off of it and we'd go into what we wanted to run that way and just look at it a little differently. We'd done things differently. Right. And opened the floor, and it seemed to be successful with that group of kids. Very much so. Well, I'll tell you uh, what, the changes you made 
worked. Yes. Because <laughs> this team was we, special. We invented the lob. This team was very yep. special. And we invented the lob option and things like that. And that didn't really come from having some people who could read those things going on, make the passes, and handle the pressure. But the defense is where we went full court. And we we would zone press, 1-2-2, two, two, or 2-1-2, two, two, or we'd man press and jump. And we would change that during the during, – during, if, if we would score, we would change it. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be in the same thing every time. Yeah. It would be called out. I wasn't calling it. Uh, the lead guy on the point was. Oh, okay. And, Interesting. And, and that, the thing about it was it had a lot to do with what they'd done with the guy, with the inbounds guy. If he cut the middle, right. we were going to go on a 2-1-2 and go with him, or we would go in and go into a jump-and-run trap. If he didn't, we would run the 1-2-2. Yeah. And then we tried to put constant pressure on people and uh, – we pressed and we had some success with it. I mean, you know, you look back at Alani, I think it was 44 unanswered points. The Oblong. Oblong. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was one of the most amazing things. <laughs> that was a game of the, at home. We talked home. about that on one of the other shows. I think it was, yeah. what, it was 7-7, seven to seven, and then and we look up and it's 41. like. I was going like to say, what? you know, the game was getting out of hand. We, I don't know, we probably weren't paying, you know, watching as fans weren't paying as much of attention to it as, as a com- more competitive game, but we look up and. Like, guys, we've scored like 40 points <laughs> yeah. in a row. <laughs> that's, all right, that's all right, Dave. I didn't know it either. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know we scored that many points. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, that team was just going into it. And I know you had made mention that, uh, you know, Matt and Eric and Brian and Rob came to you and was like, we got a, we got a regional to win. And they were very motivated kids. And I think any mark of a great successful program is that these kids were set up by the kids before them, and the kids before them were set up for the kids before them. And it all started when you came in. So those, those kids were just so motivated, and they won a lot of trophies that year. They, they had a lot of success. Yeah, we had we had a failure at Carmi. We really played terrible down there and come back the next night against NCOE, which would actually win a regional and go to the sectional, and mm-hmm. we would destroy Blast them. Blast them by 17, yeah. And they were a good ball club. Um, you know, uh, we bounced back with that group. They didn't have very many bad ball games. I always said to my assistants, if we go out and play 75% of our ability, we're going to be hard to beat. Uh, most teams, even they play 100% to their ability, weren't going to beat us. But if we go down and play 50%, we're beatable. Right. And when we got, you know, we got beat, we got beat. I mean, except for the situation with Flora, uh, at the early in the season, we played pretty well. Right. They just played better. We were inexperienced, so we got beat at floor. I think it was a t- tremendous difference at the free throw line. And I think you guys know what it's like going to floor. It's yes. not an easy thing to do. It may, as much as I said, Carmi playing is a tough place to win. Uh, floor may be as tough as right, it. Yeah. It, just, it just seems almost an impossibility. Yeah. Well, that year, and I, there's a question I have for you. Like, we hosted the regional that year. When did you – when did you start paying attention to things like that? Like, we're going to have the regional at home, or the next year we're going to have the sectional at home. Did you put any thought into that at all? I didn't pay attention to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, we were always for sectional. I, I mm-hmm. knew that. And I knew it was important to get something, you know, mm-hmm. someplace along the line. And we just happened to have the regional at our, at our home mm-hmm. that year, which I felt good about. Right. Um, needless to say, I, I felt real good about it. Well, the team didn't lose at home. No. <laughs> Not very often. No. And, and you know, uh, and I remember that game quite well. We didn't start out real well. We were missing shots that game. And we started the third quarter missing shots. And I said to – I don't know who was on the bench. Probably, damn, 
we're doing the same thing we've done before. We're, we're, we're starting to choke and get tight. Yeah. And more and I said that, we started making some plays. And I remember the Mosby boy taking off on a dribble down the left-hand side, jumping up and shooting the ball. And it goes in, and then he shoots another ball off the backboard by accident. It goes in. <laughs> and uh, you laugh about that, but it's kind of like, hey, maybe things are getting ready right. to turn yeah, turn, The tide <laughs> is turning. The tide's turning, and we started, you know, as a group, uh, you know, getting the job done. And we were up in double figures and trying to survive it toward the end where we got a little bit tight with, with uh, Newton. But uh, we won, and that was a big, a big win for us, needless to say. I mean, it – well, it was good to feel that win and that regional title. But, again, we're talking about stepping up the ladder. Each mm-hmm. year we started getting different things happening that were, that were good. They followed up with the Capital Classic Championship. Yep. Uh, we, we won the regional. We conference. We were conference On the conference, champ. yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it was good things. Yeah. You know. it, it, just kind of talking about preparation for, for tournament time, I interviewed on the Birdies Bourbon and Basketball podcast Josh Thompson, the head coach here at Bar Reeve, and they're ranked number one. And, and uh, he said, I thought it was interesting, he, every, everybody in his sectional, an assistant coach is assigned to that team. So maybe a team you know has Lagodi, and they keep a file, and they follow them all year. Did you do anything like that? or? No. Okay. <laughs> now he also has now that he's got that huddle app and they've got the top one. He can take so say if you're getting ready to play Fairfield and I don't know whoever's going to guard Gwaltney, he can go on that huddle app and watch every offensive play that his man has for the entire season. Well, that's that's. Oh, nice. Can you imagine yeah. that? <laughs> I can imagine that. No, but I, my philosophy, I did scout some teams. I'm not going to say I didn't. I told you I seen Nar City play seven times. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. a reason. Right. I wanted to. I really wanted to beat them. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, I just took it as it's my system against the other guy's system. Right. Now I, it, that didn't work with everybody. I will tell you, people I respected like Tom Welch, I went and looked. Right. Yeah. Because I knew what level I wanted to get him away into coaching on the bench mm-hmm. and take away what he was doing in practice where he had to make changes. And uh, that was my, the main deal. I mean, when Gary's year there, I mean, the kids come in and we worked and worked stopping their offense. Mm-hmm. I think we may knew their offense as well as they did, if yeah. not better. Oh, yeah, I think so. Because I know, not to fast forward too much, but it felt like when we played them in the sectional, we were in spots before they were in It's like it almost felt like they were just standing still that whole game. I think, they, I think it was a close-scoring game. But that was – it's like we knew what they were doing, and they were frustrated and couldn't get out of their, their own way that game. It just tells you how much respect I had for him. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and, yeah. and, and then Randy going Carmine. Yeah. Uh, I thought Randy done an all-around good job, and I, wanted, I looked at what he was doing offensively and different things, what he was doing. So those are the two guys I really studied at the game mm-hmm. so much. And uh, then I'd done some reading where John Wooden had said that he didn't scout a whole lot. I was gonna, I was gonna say that go when system, you said that a minute ago. System, yeah. system against system, work on your system. We worry about what we do. We're yeah. gonna worry about what we do, and then you're gonna have to make some changes as it goes along. Now it doesn't mean that at some point in the in, in the process of, of a season that something's gonna come up that, you, as Gary knows, we work at to stop someone because you have to work at doing these things. Mm-hmm. But in, a, in actuality, with his year. We were switching the start of the year to begin with because we had a, one big kid and four guards, right. and we wanted to keep him around the basket. Mm-hmm. But on the other end, we knew I had to be floor that year. Yeah, right. And right. We, that we were preparing to do that from the very start of the year. 
that was what we were going to do. We were preparing, trying to make that run. And we felt defensively this is what we could do. But you have to remember, too, these guys, uh, they lost some ball games, but they won some big ball games. Harrisburg was the yeah. number one seed at the Harrisburg tournament, and we took them down. And, and when I interviewed for that job, they go, well, that wouldn't have happened if, if we'd have been healthy. And I said, oh, yeah, it would. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you weren't going to beat us in that 1-3-1 zone. You guys couldn't play a lick of man defense. Yeah. I mean, we, we butchered you. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like – and I said, not only that, you had Achilles heel. They had a kid, you know, that come out, and it was tremendous at the initial trap. We didn't want to go to his side on the initial trap. We wanted to use him because he'd leave the baseline open to come out and trap so quickly that we could run some gimmick things and screen downs if we could get the ball to the corner and do it quickly without the kid getting in trouble. We could get some things going on or a cross-court skip. We utilized their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we worked on certain things and looked at different things, but uh, usually it's just what we were going to do against what they were going to do. Right. And I tried to trust my kids. So in that sectional, I don't know how much we want to get into that, the final game with Kylie Gwaltney, but, I mean, that was uh... – Again, another that that was the heartbreaker. That was the first heartbreaker, I think, that uh, you know, that the to get to lose on a buzzer beater like that. And we'd handled him earlier in the year a couple times. And I said you talked about the summertime game, but talk about that game and and you know getting down to the end of that one. And I think Gwaltney took over. He had a long three pointer yeah. to to get him to either tie it up or Mosby all over him. And yeah, he had a three pointer to beat us, and he banked it. Yeah, so. That so, game was a tough one. I mean, obviously that was that was a complete heartbreaker over there at Newton. And and how bad did that one hurt? Jeez, those are the kind of makes you want to know whether you want to come back. Yeah, <laughs> and it stays with you. I, to be honest with you, we lost that ball game. Uh, foul trouble. Mm -hmm. We lost it in the first half because I didn't get up and get in some people's faces and get some changes made and make them realize that this is not their night because of the defensive changes and we need to go we got on a row mm -hmm. in in the second half and everything started working for us it was almost like every well, basket was almost a layup what, what i remember about that game is how well your guys executed the offense in the second half it was well, it was to perfection we and, got we got into doing what yeah. we were supposed to do mm -hmm. but then we got in foul trouble mm -hmm. we lost havel he gets a foul stupid foul they're 100 foot away 90 foot away they're late I mean, five or six, seven seconds on the clock. Kind of stuff making him have a heart attack right you now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what happens? He fouls out. And he's he's a kid that guards Gwaltney. Big, yeah. big, big, important part of oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we got to make a switch with Mosby, you know. And he's a little bit smaller. Mosby was a good yeah. defensive Absolutely player. Absolutely he was, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you, you know, he was all on him. He was on him all over him. You know, we were at the free throw line w uh, with Rob up there. Yeah. We'd been up there with Matt, and he'd missed. I had Justin in the game. Yep, yep. I think and, he was uh, about crapping his pants when he found himself yeah. in that game. And so normally we would. How X. desperate were you at that point? Did you? We would X off of all free throws. Yeah. We would screen yeah. and send the guy back, and I didn't do it because he was in the game, because I was afraid, you know, in the where's the ball go at? Mm -hmm. Right there. And yeah. had I sent him there, he would have had the ball. They would have probably fouled him, and he'd had to went to the line, but you never know what's going to sure. happen. You know, um, it's like I said, you just never know. I mean, I've missed free throws mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and had a 70-some-up percent shooting percentage and miss them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you never intend to. But, you know, even if you're shooting 75%, you miss 25% of the time. Yeah. And then when they come up there and they just don't go in and they're around the rim, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, well, that's a tough one. Uh, still took a superhuman effort by one Kylie Gwaltney to 
Yeah, he was, he was a good player. <laughs> yeah. He will have been to win. The sad yeah. part about it is, in my personal opinion, you know, there was uh, it cost us a trophy. Yeah, I'm not going to say we'd yeah. have won it. Yeah, but if we'd have got to the championship yeah. game Absolutely. against uh, the team that was there that had the two big kids yeah. that he coached later at Fair, Fair, Fairfield yeah. Finley, he, if he went out and manned us, he was going to get butchered. Yeah. yeah. Chip, you've talked got, about that game more than any game of, other than maybe some of Brandon's performances. That Gwaltney game, I've heard you talk about that more than any. Yeah, it's just when I talk heartbreakers, that, that one comes up. But yeah, I mean, that, I agree with you. That, that was a team that you know could have won a state title that year. I mean, it, and he was the best player in the conference. Yeah, uh, Larry Oldham, which co- coached back when I was playing and came back to coach these group of kids, the Foster kid that was ahead of him, mm-hmm. said to me, he said, "I've got the best player in the conference." And you got the second best player in the conference, who's a, a Gwaltney clone, but he's not quite as athletic. Mm. Yeah. And he was referring to Matt McCullough at the time, and, and and I had to laugh about it because, in actuality, he was kind of right. The other kid was a better athlete, but I think Matt was the better shooter. Right. But yeah. Gwaltney, I mean, he was a player. He was. Yeah. He was. You know, something I don't know you're aware of, Chip. Some of those statistics that Gwaltney had after they went to the super sectional, he completely had some sort of a mental breakdown where he could not make free throws. I don't know if you did. Yeah, you ever hear la- about that? On our last podcast, we were looking at some of those stats. In the super sectional, I think he went, what did I? Like 0 of 7 or something? Three, it was like 3 of 13 in the super sectional from the free throw line, then 0 for 7 in the quarterfinal game up at State. So, so we were talking, like, he had some sort of mental thing. 20 in yeah. free throws in the, well, you know, guys, after that shot. He's not the first one. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I remember going to the state tournament my senior year. They took us. And I can't remember who the player was, but I think he played for Aurora, one of the better players in the state, and he had a horrible game. And he was averaging a lot of points that year, and he was a good player. He went on to play someplace in, in the Division One. I, I can't remember the name. I can just I was like, wow, what is wrong with that kid? Mm-hmm. And he had a terrible game. Um, so it happens. happens. It does. You know. So you say goodbye. Had Matt was a first team All Conference. I think that was a team too that had a lot of success. Younger, but I think coming out that season, there wasn't much fanfare. I can't remember where we were picking the conference in 91, 92, but it wasn't. Six. Yeah, yeah. so, you <laughs> know, so not much. Into, obviously, they did I think know. you knew they were going to be good, and they knew they were going to be good, but yeah. the the community – I don't think our own community knew they were going to be as good as they, right, yeah. as they, they were. They won two back-to-back conferences. Yeah. As sophomores, and, and they had right. all these kids together. They only won – they lost just a couple yeah. games as a JV squad. Yeah. I mean, of course, you got to make the transition. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And uh, that's kind of what maybe maybe people thought might yeah. be a problem. But we were picked sixth in the conference. Right. Yeah. I had to laugh about that. I think Dave Stavler said that I had disdain for the press. <laughs> uh, not really. Yeah. But uh, I didn't agree with that. But to, to, but the fact about it was that was to our advantage. Sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah. absolutely, that was yeah. something to, to work with and to think about and, and to motivation. But I mean, you have to push kids, and I, you know, even you look into that team going in I, the year before, Matt Cullen should have been playing a lot more, mm-hmm. and I kind of give up on him. And when I should have really got on his B U T T butt, <laughs> my wife says I spell that, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at least I don't say what I used to say. There you go, changed, <laughs> but. Uh, I should have been on him a lot harder, and I should have pushed him hard because he could take it. Mm-hmm. Yes, he could take it. He was smart, and he knew he knew what was going on. And it, he, I got on him that next year hard, and, and you know, I never would pronounce his name right. 
Now, maybe I maybe I didn't know how to, or maybe it was all about <laughs> trying to piss him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he got motivated. Now, I didn't have to say another thing to him after a certain point in the season. He got it together, and that's he was a con, con, I mean, you know, I don't know exactly how to say what tribute it was, but it's to him. Yeah. Tribute is to his mental makeup that uh, he delivered, and I just think I should have done that, been a little bit more patient with him and pushed him. I think it would have made a difference mm-hmm. with that ball club. Mm. And, uh, his, it, you know, I think he would have been one of the push because he was going to give us that outside sh- shooter. He was going to be better than a couple of the other kids, and he could have spared him minutes, and he, re- he would rebound and do the other things. And I could have worked him in, but I made a big mistake that by not pushing him in that year more. Yeah. You know, I had my own regrets for, you know, when you, you're at these games. And not that I didn't have a wonderful time traveling with Chip and Dave to go into every game because we went to every single game. But, of course, you know, you, we lose. And I'm like, God, damn, I, I, that's when I said, I'm God, I got to play. I can't leave my, my classmates hanging. I can't remember going back to look why I didn't play. Who knows? You're a 15, 16-year-old kid, and I can't remember why you make those decisions. But that motivated me to, like, I want to get in with my guys. And I want to, you know, and not even knowing – what would come that season because you don't know you have no idea but you know you know when you have bobby and d that's a pretty good start to anything but we didn't know we were going to have bobby for a bit too yeah, so right. you so, know uh we were up at newton and i i remember that experience mm-hmm. it was nothing like i've ever experienced before yeah that we came we were coming into the game and there were people lined out long rows to get into that game oh yeah. wow yeah and you could hear the noise down in the dressing room it was unbelievable. Yeah. We weren't given a chance in that sectional to begin with. Mm-hmm. We weren't, and uh, T Town was the favorite, I believe, weren't they? Yes, and they got beat. Yes. Yeah, and they got beat in the first round yeah. by Fairfield. And you know, it was just a unbelievable environment. Yes, it was. It was a little gym, and I mean, we we played, but I remember after it was over with, I remember you coming down to the down to the bleacher area, and you walked up to me and said, "Coach, I'm playing next year." Nah, <laughs> and. Uh, I, I remember that clearly because, you know, we were looking at uh, how were we? You know, I had the kid, four kids, mm-hmm. and Jason Young, five. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything beyond that. Right. And you made the sixth, so that made a big difference. You know, a real big difference. I probably should have took a couple of those uh, juniors and, and give them more playing time to help with the depth along the way. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, uh, but I should have. Right. Uh, I realize that. Um, but uh, it made a big difference, and I can remember you walking. I don't know if you remember that or not. But I don't. When you say that, I kind of remember that. But I knew it was right after that game. I knew for a fact I was going to play the next year. Uh, you come up and said something to me, and I mean, you know, I don't know if I said a whole lot. Right. I mean, at that probably point, not. At that point in time, I'd been dealing with a, uh, a lot of kids that, that were upset. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Yeah. And uh, again, you know, this is a part about coaching. You, you really have these kids and they're great kids and I don't think any of them really really realized how much I appreciated them mm-hmm. and, and cared about their lives yeah. yeah it was hard to see them when they leave like yeah. that and you want to see them be successful and uh, you're happy when they go on in life and they are successful mm-hmm. and I, that group was extremely uh, they've been extremely successful they've got a couple engineers and a yeah dentist, say that's a dentist and then they got a daggone basketball coach <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was a very very smart class yeah. those guys were all very intelligent and uh you know they uh, what a group of what a group of guys that was and um going into the next year 92 93 and of course i remember you know playing a lot of games in the summertime and trying to get acclimated and i had a long way to go i had a lot to learn and 
and uh, you know playing at VU and I we played in the league up at Lincoln Trail a couple you're of nights not, a week. And you're not terribly bright. No, so. no, and not a, not a very good basketball player either, probably. But <laughs> uh, so I had a long way to go. So you know we did all that, and then I don't remember at what point because Bobby. Uh, he obviously played the entire football season with the exception of the first two games, but that was because he didn't have enough practices in because he went to uh, the National Guard for, for the summertime. So how much were you involved? And when? I guess I can't remember when we knew he wasn't going to play. And then and then we found out right before, basically right before the Capitol Classic, that he was going to be able to join us. He was going to be able to play that year. It's just about question when. When, okay. They were changing the ruling. But we applied for a hardship because mm-hmm. of circumstances with uh, – that Bobby went through that yeah. caused him to be a, a year behind, right. and, and they were legitimate. Uh, and it was like first grade. I mean, it was real early on. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't remember the. I think it was the, very yeah, early on. All Jeff, the circumstances, but Bobby was dyslexic, 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 which caused him problems. Sure, which that helped in the case, but that wasn't the the, the major factor. The major factor was some of the things the family went through. Sure, and uh, we went up to Bloomington, Harry Rice, of course, you're talking about a guy that can get up in front of anybody, and he, these people knew him, and he could deliver. Mm-hmm. And I mean he could deliver. And he, they invited, I got to go in, which was a big surprise, didn't expect it, with, went in with Gladys, and, and uh, Gladys told her story. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you could have heard a pin drop in right. the room. Really? And then they asked me to speak, and I said, you know, really, guys, uh, uh, I'm not going to say a whole, a whole lot. There's nothing else left to say. And they, and they said, well, how good of a player is he? I said, he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was smart enough not to say he's really good. Right, right, right. <laughs> Again, success. Yeah. A- but uh, I didn't say much. Harry had told me not to say a whole lot. Right. He said, don't stick your foot in your mouth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I think he was referring to. I'd have done that a little bit <laughs> once in a while. But uh, – we walked out of there, and, and Harry, we were driving back, and Harry says, uh, I think that went well. Mm-hmm. So we got back. If I'm not mistaken, we got back, and we got the phone call when we got back and stated that they voted unanimously to make him eligible right away. Right. Really? Good deal. And, uh, and that was just days before the Capitol. It Friday. wasn't very long, no, I remember. Because no, all the preseason articles for us didn't really have any mention, but basically that he wasn't going to be able to join the team. So – Obviously, and I, yeah, he had been practicing, of course. I believe he had been. He would have been eligible in December. Okay. I think with the new ruling that was coming in. and uh, But they went ahead, and I think that helped yeah. because it was just a few days, and they had a, such a good case. So they went ahead and made him eligible. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and I beating Lawrenceville in the Capitol Classic, and I think I've mentioned this in one of the other podcasts, but I could still hear Joe Novsek on the radio after the game, the Capitol Classic final, because I was driving to Lawrenceville. And I remember him saying, well, you know, hell, you know, we're playing a team with a 20-year-old point guard. <laughs> That's Joe. He wasn't 20. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't, but that was what even made it more funny. But that's what <laughs> Joe was, Joe was you, a smartass like that. You could that, tell so. he was hot. And we well, beat him three out of four times that year, so it was kind of nice always beating Lawrenceville. It is. That it? legend has stuck around. I mean, I, I remember getting my hair cut down at the barbershop in Mount Carmel one time, and got to talk about the 92 football game yeah. with Bobby. Oh, yeah. Like, right. Well, yeah, he had a 20-year-old running back. Yeah. <laughs> so that whole thing stuck, I guess. <laughs> I think Bobby at the time uh, wasn't 20. I think he was 18. Yeah, I think yeah. he turned yeah. 19 sometime yeah. during yeah. that yeah. year. Yeah, And uh, they, they just made a lot more out of that than what yeah, right. should yeah. have been made out of right. it. Sour grapes. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, you know, I, let's face it. 
we beat them down there at Mount Carmel. It wasn't so much we weren't better than them. They let us beat us. Right, yeah. I mean, not, not that Bobby, he made some great plays and kids did. We stacked in that game and mm-hmm. it worked. And and I will say this, Coach Hart was arrogant mm-hmm. in that game and didn't take it serious well, and let us stay in the ball game. Yep. They, and yeah. they got in trouble. They yeah. sure did, yeah. And then when he made the change, we didn't have an answer. Right. And, but we were up and we held on one. And uh, it was one of those things that tells you that uh, in sports, you just never know when there's going to be that upset. Yeah, I guess. And it's always yeah. possible. Sure, sure. It you sure know, is, yeah. Would, uh, okay, so you would have had a lot of big victories, even some upsets in basketball. But in your entire coaching career, was there a bigger upset than that game? Oh, geez. I've never thought of that, David. I've really never ever sat down. I I consider it the biggest upset in Illinois high school I mean, football I've history. Never, very well, baby. I've never thought about it. I mean, I mean, think about my football. Think about the teams I was on. The three seasons we'd had leading up. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I I never even thought about it, but you may be right. I mean, that there was. Some, I wouldn't think anybody would have given us a chance in that game to, to speak no, of. Yeah. So. Uh, and we beat them, and Ducoin beat them in the playoffs, and that was yeah. that. That was it that so, year. Yeah, it, it, you it's may crazy. be right. That may be. I remember arriving to that game at halftime. Um, my, my first weekend home from college. Go down there, the snake pit Friday night. I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be 50 to nothing. <laughs> and it was only 13 to nothing. I was like, wow, we're in this. Well, we can- <laughs> I, I can tell you, you know, my, I remember going down there my senior year and we beat them down there. And, uh, Put a bunch of the kids out during the game. Mm-hmm. It was one of those games uh, that uh, uh, we were motivated from, and uh, of course we had been motivated quite well by our coach Gene Hale. And yet, something I learned about coaching very quickly: we give a ball game away at Lawrenceville in football. We did not cover a kickoff, mm-hmm. and we had—I'm not don't even remember who didn't. But we didn't kick it, let it bounce around. They recovered after and went in and scored. Yeah. And then we didn't recover, touched a punt that we were told to get away from. They uh, recovered yeah. and went in and scored. We went into the game, and he he, uh, he said, well, guys, he says, I want to take the blame for this. And he said, I want you to get dressed. We're going home. That was all said. We come in Monday, and that was usually a light day. We went out and started our warm-ups and – we got to our grass drills, and of course we done belly flops. And my gosh, you done them the right <laughs> way. We done a hundred that day. Oh. I thought, wow, I had still hadn't, hadn't dawned on me what was going on. And we got put on there. We were in full pads, and we ran the track. It was an old cinder track for time. We ran sprints after it was over with. Tuesday we done 110 of those daggone belly oh. flops. Jeez, 120 on Wednesday, and we done 130 on Thursday, guys. Oh my! Day so before. Thank goodness for, for the daggone game. Friday. Yeah. We went out there and done 120 a game night that day. Oh, he called us together and he said, "Guys, I don't mind getting beat when somebody's better than us and they beat us right. physically, yeah. but I cannot stand getting beat by mental mistakes." He says, "This is a picnic." This week, if we get beat again by mental mistakes, Ooh. he says, well, this is just not tolerated in sports. Right. And I, learned, I thought, wow. Guy never yelled at us, never said a word until that time before we played. And it's like the lights went on. Right. And it, it went on for a lot of things at that point in time. He set a hard precedence 
for the rest of that season. And mm-hmm. we were eight and one, and mm-hmm. we could have been easily nine and zero. They would be nine and zero the next year right. under him and win the conference. Uh, and uh, it was, you know, it's kind of like maybe he was setting the, the tone for year to years to come that we just we're not going to tolerate mm-hmm. this. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what you have to think about when you're in sports. Anything's possible. Right. right. You know, um, it happens every year. Somebody gets somebody. Uh, at Bellanova over Georgetown. Right. Yeah, back in the 80s. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, that was a game nobody expected to happen, and, and it happened. That's uh, why we play the game. That's right. You know, it's 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 what makes people come out. Come, the people will come out and get in, but come out to the stands, and they'll come to games if they're seeing, we'll call it a good product. Yeah. And the kids play hard, and they play the right way. They'll come out. They'll come out and watch anything. You've seen that at Red Hill and through the various different seasons. How fans have come out in different sports, mm-hmm. and they'll come out and they'll watch and they'll root. Some of them get real carried away, mm-hmm. but uh, they'll come out and, and root there, and and they'll be big fans, and um, that's all part of it. I mean, if you think about it, that those first five years that Gary's talking about, our attendance was unbelievable. Oh wow, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I you couldn't believe it. I mean, it, it, that gym was, I won't say it was maxed, but it was full. A high school player yeah. at Red Hill at a lot of schools right really? now wouldn't even believe that. Especially nowadays, but even I mean. even Tuesday night games yeah. had a pretty good crowd for Tuesday night games. I was going to say it depended on who we played. Um, but a conference team, say like Flora, that traveled well on I a mean, Friday that, night, that, that place, would, place would be just jam packed. It's a good so. environment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's that's what you want to see for your kids. You want in every sport, you want to see a, a good fan yeah. base coming in to support especially at your home game it's right fun. and yeah. you'd love to have it that's what makes it fun you're sure. right yeah. uh it, it's what you know when we came back in his season again when bobby was eligible we went into that capital classic um we were ready to go you know we had we we were looking at a, a third time and a chance to win it and and uh you know we uh managed to do that in our site yeah then we went over to lawrenceville and that was a that was a, gr- that was oh, a great was a, game against It was a great game, but yeah. I want to tell you what, I got hit with more stuff that <laughs> They were throwing stuff at us. Skittles, pennies, the fans were. They hated us. Oh, yeah. right. That was something, too. You play those first three games at home in the Capital Classic, and, you know, it's those daytime games, and there's not a huge crowd at those games. But then, you know, that was my first experience, playing in front of a crowd like that in Lawrenceville's gym. 60, you know, we beat them by three points. If I remember, we had t- shot free throws terrible that night. We should have salted that game away long before we did and kept him in it with the uh, missed free throws. And I think there was a, a, something didn't – Scott Murray make a steal or something in that game that helped? Yeah, well, he did it against the regional for sure. You he see, made he, two of them. He picked uh, J.R. Lockhart twice in, the, in that game. I think he may have done it in that game too. I think he did. I think it was a big you know, big boost. Yeah. Uh, we struggled in that game. They looked like they were the better team than yeah. us. They looked quicker. They looked stronger with more depth. We just found found a way to win. Yeah, and you left there, and then we went back and got beat there. Yeah, uh, which was a terrible experience. And uh, <laughs> we came back to our place, and, and and you know we were up twenty nine at halftime. Yeah, eighty five fifty seven. We killed them that night for it, sure. We were just motivated. I think we were embarrassed, and I think we were at home. And everybody said it. We are very very good at home. And then we've paid them in the in the regional. There at Olney after playing Olney, which is was a task mm-hmm. at Olney, and we were going to play them. And I know I knew going in that it was not going to be an 85-57 ball game. Yeah, it was going to be a ball game. But again, the, we made a couple of plays. 
got up and they come down real quick and rushed a shot. We got it and went into four corners. And I can still see it today. D. Holloway got the ball at the right spot, went down the lane and dunked it, yeah. and they fouled him. We got the call. Yeah. I just watched that yesterday because your reaction on the sideline is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So Holloway goes down. John Williams takes probably a charge. He probably did. And you see the the ref call it on, you know, call the blocking position. You just throw your hands in the air and put your, and put your hands on your head like, I can't believe we just got that call. But we absolutely did, and that's that's what you know projected us to go ahead and win that game for sure. Because we were down by about 10 in the third quarter, and we're down seven in the fourth quarter and had a – We know, ran back. I Murray picks, picks the pocket, and then we had a couple more uh, good plays. And, uh, you know, that was another – that gym could get – that Olney gym, man, that place could get Five loud. Woo, man, yeah. that was loud. We talked about it earlier about – Playing, you got to play the game. There's going to be upsets. After we beat uh, Edwards County by 25 in the Capital Classic, then our next game we go down there and lose by two. I, I missed the last second shot. In that, in well, that I don't. Game. I don't remember that, yeah. Gary. You missing that? But I, what I do remember is I think Bobby played seven or eight minutes. Yeah, he was game. in foul trouble big time that game. Um, we were flat. I also remember what an idiot I was down there. I was so upset and embarrassed about it. Now that I think back about yeah. it, um, didn't really handle that well. D had a tip in that they blew off that they, they called off that would have tied the game. I yeah. think that may have been what may have been part of it. Probably plus the officiating with some of the fouls. Well, called. it was not a very good officiated game. Yeah, and it was not the first time after coming out of the Capital Classic we would go play on a Tuesday night and be flat after yeah. four games. So one of the things I asked that game to be moved moved because it was just too close after right. four games. You know, you're playing two and two, and then you got a Sunday off and a Monday preparation. Yeah, you're going to be flat. Right, and then if you don't get. A, a, a good call game. We went with Brandon Smith and his club, and and uh, we did not play well down there. We won the game, but it was we were flat, and it leads into Fairfield, and and you know, and, and we talk about his his season. Yeah. I don't know where we. Fin- I thought we finished second in the conference that year. I'm not certain. In my year, uh, it was we were nine Brandon and five. Oh, Brandon, you guys were. Yeah, uh, I think we finished second. We like we had that lead in the conference and lost those two games late. Now we're at Fairfield. We go to Fairfield and we have the seven point play by Fairfield. <laughs> they come down. Qualtney makes a dribble, takes a shot. Well, it shows it in the in the film, and I knew it then. The clock had already went off before he took the dribble. Uh, you almost got thrown out that game after that. Remember? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Gary was up in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> he hits. He hits the shot. I forgot all about that. Three pointer. They count it. Mark DiMaggio <laughs> was the official. I think the one that hit us with the T on the bench. And, you know, it was me. It was Gary. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. Because you were coach. sitting behind the bench. Yeah. 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 Well, Harold Tucker said it was him. I think it, <laughs> I trust Chip's memory but better anyway, than Harold Tucker. He comes over and I, I ask him. I said, "Who's the T on you?" And I said, "Well, it can't be on me because I didn't say anything." And I looked at the other two guys, which is Chris and I think Chris Goff was down there. And I said, "Which one of you guys?" No, coach. And we didn't say anything. And I said, "Really? No." So we didn't say anything. And, and whoever it was, you know, we they go to the line, hit the two free throws because it's on the bench, right. and then we then mess up the out of bounds play, and they lob it, seven point seven play. Point uh, and I don't know what that. the score was in that game, but that seven point play made a big difference. And I think to me, it may have caught losing those two games hurt, but I think it may have cost us the conference yeah. right there. That yeah, night. very well could have. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Sorry yeah, Her- that. Harold got tossed that night too. I remember because yeah. remember I can see him walk. Yes, out yes, yes. He yes. was up on the upper deck seeing him walk out of was there. Was that before this play? I can't. It may have all been yeah. at the same yeah. time. Sure, it was. Um, 
Gary yelled, this is less ludicrous. Isn't that what you yelled? <laughs> <laughs> and then they called the T-Rex. <laughs> uh, well, it was ludicrous. It was a terrible it call. It was one of the worst calls. And when, uh, you look at it, call. when you look at it on film, you realize just how bad, bad it was because the kid takes the ball, the horn goes off, he takes a dribble and goes up and shoots. Mm-hmm. This is a whole second or more after right. the horn. It's like, how in the world can you blow that call? But... It's what happens sometimes on the, in the NEC on the road. That's right. You just never know. So we go through the season, you know, had some like say twenty three and eight, and went nine and five in the conference. But we started, uh, you know, peaking there towards the end, of course, and uh, had a good win against four in the last game of the season. Then we went to the regional, and like I said, we beat Albong and Olney pretty handily. And then had that great game against Lawrenceville, and then we get to play the sectional at home and. We've talked about that environment a few times, but you know, looking at that, especially the the Newton game, the championship game that, uh, that it's on YouTube as well, just that environment again with the bleachers on the floor. There's the fans are almost on the court at that point. There's no, I mean, even, Chip and I were, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had front row center court. Yeah, I think there was a few empty seats on the bleachers on the stage, but that was about it. And then that environment, like I said, I just don't know that there can be anything better than uh, than that environment at Red Hill. It was a big environment. Uh, Needless to say, it was home. Um, of course, the Florida game, to mm-hmm. me, was what was going to make yeah. the key. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we had beat them earlier. We would made a run late in the year. We would beat Carmi and Florida. Mm-hmm. And I think they were the two teams in the conference. And uh, I know Brad Lee left so upset at the officiating and getting beat that night. And I, my thought was, well, I can understand. I've left Carmi upset many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, we'll get Flora. Yeah. He didn't think so. But we got we got them, and that helped going into the next game. Then Newton, they're a pretty good ball club, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, we we got Newton that night in a, in a ball game. You know, we had to, we had some athletic plays made, and, and uh, we were down the stretch, and they were fouling, and there was a timeout, and I was going to the kids go, hey coach, put Scott Murray here and let us get the ball to Scott. He's the only one hitting free throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And they made the call out on the floor. I didn't make it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they knew, and we that's who we. The ball in and he hit the free throws and yeah. made a big difference. I mean, that's seniors. Yeah. yeah. And the ability to speak up and say, this is what we think needs to be done and having confidence in someone. So that worked out real well. Yeah. For us. You know, we, we've talked about this before and, and I remember, I think it was the game at Flora. It seems like I know yeah, my I know dad and I, say, yeah. my dad and I drove over there and it took us longer to get there than it did. I mean, that game, I don't think there was hardly any fouls. You guys were lifeless. Yeah, it, it was one of those games. It may have taken an hour. You know, it was just so quick. I felt like after that, and I don't know what exactly happened, but that's when you start playing some more music. That's when the kids started doing their stuff on the sidelines after made free throws. Was that a? That's not me. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't stop it though. But was it a conscious decision on your part to stop it and know that maybe these guys were wound a little tight or something? Oh, uh, I've geez. always, I've always just really wondered about that you know um i remember the change of music to come out to mm-hmm. i remember having to go to uh, ken ingram and ask for that gracious enough he said yeah you can come out to this and then we'll play uh i can't even remember what they played but i, I do remember the crowd getting up behind all this and the, and the crowd picked up yeah and i think that was a, a big thing uh, what was going on on the bench I, guys I don't know what's going. That's a co- that's a system. You're coaches. back to those guys. That yeah. was still hilarious. So, uh, you know, that, that, whether the is, legs and whatever was. This is what they came out. To. <laughs>
And that that season, obviously, Jason Young was a you know he was our sixth man, and uh, Kelly Tucker played a little bit too. But I always think back of the regional and sectional championship game, which is probably rare, is that there was no substitutions either one of those games. We played the five, and thank goodness there was no foul trouble. You know, we didn't have to in the super sectional. That Jason played, I came out a little bit in the first, and then D got his third foul yeah. there in the third quarter, and yep. he had to come out too. But I guess that's uh, that's something that doesn't happen a whole lot, where you have five guys play with no substitutions at all. It happened in my day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but no, and it, you don't want it to have happen right. again. I made the comment earlier. I think you have you have to during the season you have to you have to start building your bench, and I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I should have, and that was a kind of a weakness. Uh, I was comfortable with the five, and, and Jason actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and he played big for us at that Yeah, Colony absolutely, too. absolutely, did. You know, I just, I don't know. It was a weakness on my part that year. I mean, I, I should have done it out of just again because it needed to be done. Yeah, and you have to give kids opportunities and ride with it. I mean, you know. As bad as it was, Justin Shearer gets hit in the head against Alney at home. He's laying around, flopping around. And they're asking about I said, heck no, it wasn't what I said. <laughs> I said, no, 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 he's okay. Get up. Get your butt up. You know. B-U-T-T. And, and no disrespect to those teams that came after us, but they were they didn't have a whole lot of talent, and, they're, you know, and some of those guys even admit that. So during that season two, there was something that was allowed to happen back then. I think it was allowed at least, but we had Gino and Chad Andrews at times and Matt and Eric and Brian came in and Eric Holtz, they came in practice with us. And that, that had to have made a big difference because like I said, no disrespect, but if we didn't have that, I don't know that we win. Any, no, some of we these probably games. wouldn't. Because we'll, there was big, no comp- that made, that, yeah. that made a big deal. Yeah. It was a big, big help. It, the fact that they were so committed yeah. to the success of the program that they would come in was a, big plus yeah and they're and, you know they're class people absolutely yeah and uh they came in and helped and that really helped in the floor game because they could execute that daggone offense yeah. uh they were could do it and be showed it and they could do it and we could get a real life uh practice sample right of what it was going to be like against flora and uh, that really helped that, yeah. that made a big difference with it i mean you know uh when i know when we won the first regional, I know some of my that my mom, uh, I think it was my mom, I don't know exactly who it was, that Eric Coates said to her, I'm happy that they won. I think it was Eric anyway, but I'm so disappointed we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I am too. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, you won all your teams, every one of them. You would have loved it, but for them to succeed. But what they have to remember is we're not where Gary and those kids were at. We're not any place without oh, no. every one of those other teams. Sure, absolutely. Building that. I mean, what a run that what, you had what, gone on. All with. that, everything, everybody that was involved at the time, you know, just added to that yeah. program. I mean, you know, from coaches to to the last guy down the line, you know, it, there was just a come off, just a strange hold that these kids had and love they had for each other. Yeah. That that, that they were for each other. Right. And they, they worked with each other. I mean, we had our problems. I mean, there was always somebody getting hit. But that was – we were physical. Yeah. And well, I know Eric Holtz would – when you when Eric Holtz screened you, you felt it because Eric would come – I mean, it wasn't like these – he his feet were on the ground. He was <laughs> – Eric was flying at you. Or, and I think sometimes, you know, Havel would guard Stevens in practice or Eric Mosey was guarding me. And I used to be so – 
ticked off and mad because, you know, it was hard, you know. Sometimes the games were easier than the practices well, at times. Well, if was on, you're going to be sore. Yes, yes. Yeah. I've never seen a guy. I, guys, Matt McCullough got, was getting married, and they had a bachelor's party, and I went out to it, and we were going to play basketball. And I got out there to play, and I'm in my 40s, and my back <laughs> it was not the best in the world either way. But all I felt, Havel took me His off. bony elbows. All I felt the whole <laughs> night was somebody hit me in the, my back. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> Brian was known for those bony elbows, and those <laughs> didn't feel very good. So let's, let's go to the sectional final and just kind of wrap that up before we go to the game that there's going to be some people listening to this podcast probably just to listen to that section. But have you ever had, have you ever had a feeling after a game like that with with that crowd after that sectional win at home, um, the crowd that was there, did you have a moment when maybe you went in the locker room or maybe when you got home when you were by yourself and you just, ah. Well, yeah, sure. I, un- I understood what was going on. Yeah. Understood. I understood. I, I And, um, you know, my life changed different ways and different later. And, and I'll explain to it this way. I was up in track at Robinson and we had a – 400, or I think a 400. We weren't supposed to win, and uh, we won. I couldn't believe it. But I knew at that point in time in my life that that, that was a blessing coming from the good Lord. Yeah. And all that time, these things were going on. I didn't even know I was being blessed by the presence of these kids. Sure. And I was, and the presence of their efforts. And being able to walk off and sit down and experience these crowds. And even though some of them were crazy and they were, yelling, yeah. they were yelling, it was a blessing. Yeah. And I just didn't realize it until my life changed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I come back and look at it and I think, gosh, I wished I had been where I was at at this time then and how much more that would have meant how I would, how much better I would have handled the, con- the controversy. Mm-hmm that could sometimes come around and how much more I would have showed my appreciation. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be as hard on them. Right. But different. I really appreciated that time. I look back at it and think, man, it's great to go through. It was great to go through that. Yeah. yeah. Well, know? I tell you, I could just the, especially a small school in Red Hill in particular, the, just how the community tends to support a winner, of course. And when the further you get, and I'll remember being in school that day at the, the first day, I think it would have been that Monday then when tickets were on sale to go to Charleston. And I was walking down the hallway where the where the main office was and to see the line of people that was lined up outside to walk in that in that office to buy tickets. It's like, you know, as a 17 year old kid, you're like, these people are here for us, for us and this team. And it's just I mean, it's just a feeling that it's hard to ever describe. Well, they've waited so long. Yeah. For that super. Yeah. As we waited so long for the yep. regional, they wanted it. They wanted that type of championship and a sectional and and it took the five-year total of all that going through yeah. to get there. I wish we could have got there the first year. Right, and, right. Uh, sure. Maybe if it had happened sooner, uh, being in charge, maybe it would have happened so- sooner. But it happened like it was supposed to happen. Right. And uh, all those hard ones to, to lose, we finally won. We still lost a hard one in the Super. Yeah. And uh, But that's kind of what makes you. Yeah. It, you know, a long time – I had a, my cousin played for Ridgeway. They won the state tournament in 1972. And he told me one time, he said, a lot of my friends, they still talk about the glory years. He says, that was a crowning point in my athletic career. Mm. But it pushed me on in life to make my life better. It showed me what hard work was and what it could be accomplished. It was a building block into my life to be successful. And there are building blocks, whether it's you fail or you win. 
It's a building block. Yeah. And that's kind of what athletics is about. It teaches you things. It, it not only teaches you how to be successful, but it teaches you sometimes how to accept failure. Yeah. And how to pick yourself up and go on. You're, you guys went after the basketball. You went into baseball and had mm-hmm. success yep. in baseball. Um, you were there at, I think, sectional final game. Uh, we won the regional and lost in the first game of the sectional, yeah. I mean, a 2-1 game or something like that, yeah. a close game. Carmi, of yeah. course. Um, so it carries over. Mm-hmm. Don't kid yourself. And, you, and those memories, there's nothing wrong with, with talking about the glory years. But setting up at the bar 30 years later, and that's your whole life. Yeah, right. you you got to build from beyond that. Right. Point. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and when we did the when we did the the school year of, of Stacy and Lance and that, I mean, and 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 in this line of teams after that, but they're just great people, you know. That's what you want to you surround know? yourself I mean, with. I mean, I, I love those guys, and 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 we all do. Let's go into that super sectional game um, that week. What was preparation like for you? Did you have a lot of film on Staunton? What did you know that you can remember? I had one film on Staunton. I got it from uh, he coached at Olney a little bit later. I can't think of the guy's name. Can't even think of the town. He had success. Okay. He had played them, and the only problem with the film was he'd done a lot of things different than what we did, and you couldn't get a lot from it. Yeah. Um, we knew that they had a pretty good team not I don't know you know I would have ever thought they were going to win state right you know from looking at it but he had a good team and I kind of figured that's who we'd be playing if we got there and it didn't happen and um, so we knew they had the good kid out on the perimeter and the big kid in the middle and some other people surrounding him we thought we could press him a little bit but we weren't really a pressing team well, you couldn't probably with the with the numbers that you well, were dealing t- with. That's yeah. a tough thing to do. Um, but I, we thought we could move them around, and if we could get some sh- baskets and sh- get them in, and we thought maybe if we could get uh, into the late in the game and we'd done the right things, we could win. I thought we could win the ball game. Uh, I wasn't scared of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew it would be a tussle. But, uh, you know, it's I remember the game, and I, – I, I looked at it for the first time this week. Is that right? Yeah. And I got through the uh, first quarter into the second quarter, and I shut it off. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there critiquing what we're the heck we were doing, <laughs> yeah. and I wasn't enjoying the game. Right. And I right. said, I'm not going to watch this if I can't sit back and just enjoy it. Just I'm not going to conter- conti- you know, sit down and look at what we're doing, what we should have been doing better or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. I want to enjoy the game, and I, and I still can't sit down and enjoy that game. Yeah. Uh, I remember it. But I don't. I can't enjoy it. Did they? I I can't remember. But it seems like they didn't go real deep either, did they? Or am I wrong on that? I, don't I think, think they, they played did. maybe six or seven kids. Okay. Gary, we basically beat ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, it, with those two ball clubs, one of those teams were going to beat themselves. Yep. They weren't going to get beat. And they got beat by the other team. Right. But it was going to venture on whether you hit free throws or you didn't make a block out mm-hmm. or you done something. You know that we're somebody was going to make a mistake, and you know we just didn't finish some free throws. Yeah. And you know, and, and we were in a bad situation. They were hitting threes, and do you foul them and put them at the line? Well, yes. Well, and but, I, I, and that's I, one of the questions I had for you, yeah. and because, but I don't know that I definitely didn't think about that during the game, and I'm sure a lot of other people, you know, that's kind of armchair quarterbacking. It, it is. was possible. Did you? We thought about it. Game? Yeah. Okay. But I here's was, the problem: we weren't hitting free throws. Right. Right. So, you know, whether you're going to change three for two or you're going to change two for one 
are three for zero, right? You know, you got to start thinking about that. We're not hitting free throws. That's right. We got a problem. Now, what we should have done is went back in the delay game when we got got the ball. We're up on them and let them chase us. Yeah. And we didn't do that. Yeah. But I don't even remember in the four, whether we were ever up on them that enough in the fourth quarter to I do that. Well, pro- I don't the pro- think so. Where I, I got to the point because when D went out. And I don't think it was by design. We were running the flex. We weren't actually running the four corner. We just kept running the offense for uh, like we were holding the ball. I think like yeah. two and a half, three minutes. We ran the ran which the is clock. exhausting. Yeah, yeah. And then they finally fouled at that point. Yeah, I we had we I, had to do that mm-hmm. to survive. I yeah, felt right. Yeah. And uh, I think if I remember right, and I may be totally off on this, um, close game throughout. We had a lead at times, but Bobby it never had, got Bobby got a three point play. That's with, the point. With about twenty seconds to go, and he hit the he completed the three point play, and we were up by six. That's I think, yeah. that's I when think that yeah. was our largest. That's when it looked game. like it was over. Yeah, they yeah. threw the ball away. I got and I yeah. ran it down, and then gave it to Bobby, and the kid fouled him. So we're up yeah. six points with twenty four yeah. seconds left, yeah. and that, then they come down, and hit an immediate quick three point. That's right. probably when you could look at it and say maybe we should have fouled. But that was but that kind of, happened. That it was happened un- like this. So that was such was a quick. Say, but I was going to ask about that. But that was kind of unheard of at the time. If, oh, you, I think it's, it's you hear of it now. But coaches I, do it. But well, you, you know, I don't think I, it was as. I don't think the common guy sitting in the stands is thinking about that then like they may be now. But you you, you said it. I've noticed some college coaches doing it now. Illinois yeah. uh, Underwood with Illinois did it a few weeks ago, and I'm in it. And that immediately took me back to that game. I was like. I wonder if that ever crossed Kendall's mind. In oh, that, sure. In that there's a, yeah. David, there's a lot of things that cross <laughs> my mind about but, things I think about. I but, try not to think about them because sure. I can't do anything about them now. But, yes, my memories yeah. go back to certain times and certain yeah. games. And yeah. What I, I should have or shouldn't have, should have done maybe differently would have yeah. made a difference. Who knows? Um, you know, you no. don't know. Um, see, I, I knew we were up at some point in time, and I guess – Maybe if they'd have missed, we would have went for we would have went the flex and we'd have held the ball. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, right, right. But, yeah. but you're right. When Bobby makes that three point play, that's when I think everybody everybody was starting to call to get their hotel reservations uh, at that yeah. point. I, I mean, Shane, I remember Shane Wilson lifting Chip up, and I feel like we're, we're but you know, going to my aunt threw confetti. <laughs> yeah, we oh, yeah. we let him hit a three. Yeah, and by Scott May, who walked. Yeah, and when did he was by, below the three point line. They threw him the ball. He caught it. Did that Reggie back, Miller hop? Stepped back and shot it. No call. Right. Yeah. He walked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we, you know, I, but, but Andy Kuba, that's the yeah. name. Yeah, that's yeah the, there you go. Yeah. That kid. But I mean, was, like you said, shots go in, shots don't, and and they went in an awful lot that entire season. They just didn't go in. I just I just now got a text. You know, on our Birdies Bourbon and Basketball podcast, we've had Coach Smith from Logodi Girls. They won a state championship last year, had their entire group back. They went, played the same team today they beat last year. They missed three front ends of one-on-ones in the last minute and got beat today in the state championship game. It happens, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, you know, they missed the last shot. We just – well, you tipped the ball, whatever. Yeah. And I remember D saying he was cautious, afraid of fouling the kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know – he could have hit it, the ball out. He could, you just never know. Right. He the, was fronting the kid, yeah. So he had a hard chance, place to get back in front of him. So you have, he didn't want to foul him. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's the damnedest. It's I one mean, of those I, things. I've told that story, you know, lots of times. You know, having drinks somewhere, and you should have seen this game my brother played in. I mean, it's just yeah. 
that could happen how many times and never happen like that again? <laughs> this this was said by a barber in Carmine. Yeah. I caught a lot of flack for losing a, in the semis at, at El Dorado because I messed up. And I got royally chewed out. And he got all over town, and the, the barber says to him, he says, how many games has he won for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wouldn't have been where they were at without without his right without him so he loses a game do not cast the first stone uh-huh. because let me tell you it's going to happen yeah after everybody eventually yeah for sure and, and you know you can find somebody to blame or somebody not to but i want to tell you you play 32 minutes whether you play 38 minutes or whatever in overtime there were so many things that happen in a game and you you give it everything you have yep and you make decisions in that game, and then sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. Right. And uh, you don't go home blaming anybody. Yeah, it's just the way it is. And if you come out successful, you feel gra- gracious, and you feel like you've been blessed, and you move on. If not, you have to pick yourself up and rebuild yourself. I've learned that out of mm-hmm. the kids I've lost. Yeah, you rebuild and go on. How long did it take you to to go on? Which year? <laughs> I'm talking that super sectional. That well, that that had to be tough. It was I mean, tough. Um, it was tough. I, I, to be honest with you, it was probably the toughest time because I knew where we were heading. Right. 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 Yeah. The, the biggest question coming up whether I was going to stay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess we we'll kind of transition into that. Um, you know, you got a you know you got a couple rough seasons coming up. Um, the guys in the later '90s starting to be the 96 97 team could you recognize were you recognizing them as junior high early junior high kids at that point that maybe we can turn it around i expected guys? to turn it around a yeah. year sooner than what we did mm-hmm. yeah. um when jared bryan was a junior i thought we'd turn it around yeah. we were all in four but we played four teams and we played good basketball mm-hmm. those four teams won regionals and went to the sectional uh, we had the car accident. We lost. Right. There was, I think, yeah. 18 points a game and yeah. nine, 10, 11 rebounds a game. Uh, a force. Needless for us. And then um, we needed him. We lost his little brother also as a freshman that was going to play yeah. some yeah. Key, and going to play key moments. Uh, that we were 0 and 9, and we were without those two kids. And we yeah. were without Steve Wilson. Yeah. Right. Who was academically ineligible. We hadn't. That's why I said I thought we were going to come back and turn around. I wasn't talking about regional championship that year. Yeah. But I. But we come back and we won nine out of the last seventeen ball games. We got Steve back and he played some, and but we were still without Jared. And so I knew going into the next year it could be a good year for us. But I also knew we had to get Jared back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that was the key. We had some other people coming, but he was going to be a big key to that. And I knew he wasn't going to be the same. You don't come back in a year's time from what happened to him, right? And be a hundred percent the same. Yeah. But that I worked with that boy that summer. He, uh, that well, fall he didn't play football. I don't think he could. Right. At that time, he would have liked to, but he couldn't. And we worked in the weight room. We'd work Monday, Tuesday with the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, upper body, lower body, and I I was his lifting partner. Well, not easy. <laughs> <laughs> and we done uh, uh, jump rope, and we done the uh, par walks. Oh, they were killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he couldn't even touch the rim. By the time we were over with, he could grab the rim. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. And we just, the thing about it, I look, if we'd have just started that in the summer. Right, mm -hmm. right. How much farther he would have been along. But, you know, uh, we weren't, uh, at that team that year wasn't at the level of some of the other teams, but they were a good team. We won the Capital Classic, and, and uh, we had some rough spots, needless to say. Uh, we couldn't play with Mount Carmel and, and Snow. They give us a fits. We lost three games to them. But going into the regional, I knew we had a chance. It's at home. We had a chance to win it. Yep. And uh, we got rid of Lawrenceville, and then we took beat Olney, which I think we'd split with Olney during the year. And uh, we went in the sectional now. No, Stuart Strauss, we weren't supposed to win that ball game. Right. They had a legendary coach. Can't even think of his name. And they had been a big-time program. Yeah. What do we do? We get in the first quarter, and Jared Bryan gets hurt. Achilles. Mm. Oof. And we win that ball game. And, uh, I, you know, it's kind of like I didn't expect that. Yeah. Especially when he got hurt. But we went out against Carmine. I thought, we can beat Carmine. We'd beat him before. But I knew in the first half that Jared was carrying that daggone leg. Yeah. But he was still producing. But do you put the kid out there and play in the second half and risk permanent damage? Right, yeah. yeah. And I made the decision not to put him back in. And he begged me I'm to put sure, him back yeah. in. And I wanted to put him back in. The competitor. But he was the competitor. And I, we went to the All-Star game together. Mm -hmm. And he played a little bit in that game. And I said, do you want to go back in? He said, no, Coach. Yeah. I, that's when he, I knew that he for him not to go back in, he was it hurting. Was, yeah. And it was a key. I mean, I, I think had we had him, we'd have won the, been back to the Super. We had a chance to win anyway. His brother missed a tough shot going down the lane as a sophomore. Uh, we had our opportunities. And, we, you know, uh, we made some mistakes. We were, gosh, you know, guys, we had one senior and juniors and sophomores right. out there. And this was a, a, a learning period yeah. for that group, you know, out there. And we here we are in the sectional final. I don't think anybody would have thought that at the start of the year. Yeah. Right, yeah. And we had kind of put the program back on, on the map where I thought we would be the year before uh, with a winning record. And I thought I seen improvement in the second half. And we were just uh, – we were at a point that – and we found out things about that game, the things that we were doing that had worked. We got against Karma, they took away from us. I was asking the guys on the bench, what are they doing? Why is it not working? They couldn't give an answer. I went and looked at the film, and I come up with a thing I should have come up with a long time ago, which I'd been doing and didn't realize. Give a screen, get a screen. Mm -hmm. What does that do? Takes away the help. Mm -hmm. All five players need to be moving. Takes away the help. Meaning that you want to keep the ball where you got almost everybody is a pass away. Yeah. And makes everybody move. But if you give a guy a screen and bring him out the backside, they're not going to go to stay for help. Sure. He wants to get the screen. And I, we realized that from the Carmi game. We also built the daggone year. We were going to be Carmi. And uh, we were building for that. We put in the, the, to put in a little quicker way to transition. And, uh, we won the Capital Classic. We won, a, you know, that next year. It was a miracle shot by Stoding. Yeah, I remember that uh, one. But we were probably going to go anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and we got in with Mount Pulaski, and and uh, we were better than them, and we won. But the, we had some issues that year, too. That We had Achilles Achilles heel when, with the team, and, and we made Salem got us that year. And uh, we had a little – Mount Carmel got us in overtime at our place, and and again, we didn't cover. A, go out and cover after covering this. We made a mental mistake mm -hmm. and let a kid blush out where we should have been on him. And they hit a hits a three to win the ball game. 
I think it was a three. Mm-hmm. And uh, mental mistake. But we went down to Mount Carmel and won overtime down there. We beat uh, Carmi twice, which was one of the co-champions. And uh, we had our moments, but we also had our moments where we let Lawrenceville beat us. Yeah. Auburn got you that year, too. I was, was that that year? 96, next, 96. No, I thought that was the, next, the year of 96, 97. Yes, Billy that was. The, yeah, yeah. Oh, we stunk that up. I, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I decided we were going to press. Before I realized it, that was not the thing to do. Oh, no. No, not with that group. When, I need to go back real quick with the a question that I've wondered about. In 93, D missed uh, MVP of the conference because one coach did not vote him on the first team. Of the, do you remember by chance who that would have been? Do you, or did you ever know? I know it was you weren't supposed to know probably, but because he would have well, been you, MVP. Don't see, you don't see the ballots, yeah. okay, Gary? Yeah. You don't see them, so you really don't know who who – wouldn't vote, and I have no idea who right. do something like that. Like they didn't um, even—he wasn't even voting the top five of the conference. So someone had it out. Someone wasn't happy with. And so someone. You, and you couldn't be MVP, right? So he yeah. was not—he wasn't unanimously picked on the first team. So he was—he couldn't have been MVP. I, Interesting. I, I didn't know. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I won't point a finger at anybody, by no means. You have some good quotes in the paper about that when you were—you were pretty ticket. Which it is. It's—it's it's yeah. ludicrous again. Yeah, yes, it is. I mean, that, the kid was a. Here. Kid was a first team selection. Uh, it should have been a unanimous first yeah, team selection. Exactly, exactly. And, and I want to back up on one. Or did you? Well, I, I, go ahead. I, I want to back up one more time too. Yeah, because I think after that '93 season, you were getting ready to get into. You were wondering whether because I know we've got these other, we got these more these additional regional champions in '97, '98. But after that '93 season, you knew um, the talent had dried up a little bit. You you were getting ready to talk about how you were wondering whether you were going to come back the next year. I wasn't come back whether I was going to stay in Red Hill. Okay, that, was that where you were going? That was that was my question. Yeah, where, did you have offers? What did you turn down? And did you? I didn't. Want- turn, I, I didn't. I was contacted by Lawrenceville. Okay. Oh, really? Yes, it was. Mm. And um, Larry uh, Lockhart, the football coach, was AD at the time. Called me. I I wouldn't go over for the interview. Probably a big mistake. I should have interviewed out of courtesy, but I you know I didn't feel like Joe Nosek done a terrible job over there. Right. I thought they were young. I really didn't – was nothing against their kids, but who wants to step into Ron Filling's gymnasium? It's You're never going to do enough to, to – I mean, they they at know, that point were – they had had a line yeah. of coaches trying to do yeah. it. You know, you're not grubs step, and – You're not going to step into Ron Rubles. Filling's domain. Nobody's ever going to be as good as Ron. Right. I mean, and rightfully so, he was very, very good at what he'd done. I student taught with him, and I can tell you that – smart guy yeah uh, I just didn't think it was a good option you don't want to go over there and fail and lose your job and not, have, not be able to feed your family yeah. yeah and I remember Gene Held had always told me he said you only have so many years someplace and they're going to get tired of your crap <laughs> that was exactly what he said yeah. and they're going to want you out now you can survive that and go on for many years but he said I what I always done was I, four or five years and I moved on someplace yeah. someplace that was hungry wanted to win and was willing to give me the commitment I needed to do that. And he was right. Yeah, uh, They were hungry, but it just wasn't the right was place. Was there a place that you either put feelers out to or you would have gone had they had they I called? Pl- I applied down at Harrisburg. And, okay. and, there, and let me say this. There was circumstances around that that went on that I'll not go over sure. here on the radio. Yeah. I will not go over that. Mm-hmm. Why? I wasn't happy with some things that took place. 
So I applied there. I didn't ask for any help. Yeah. I didn't go to Harry, and I should have. But I went down and got the interview. Yeah. Interviewed with them, and and uh, I got a phone call back from from a lady that I knew. She says you didn't get the job. She says we had a problem. She said you don't fill the, any of our teaching slots. She said had you did it, it could have went your way, and uh, we would have been going back. That Carmine was home, but Harrisburg was my second home. Right. And we could have, we probably might have made the move down there. It was a challenge that I was interested in. Yeah. Because they hadn't won, and I knew they had some talent, and but I, and then again, maybe not. I mean, you know. Yeah. Who knows. You don't know. I mean, I, I I had five good years with kids, and it's hard to walk away from from the, the those kids. I know, funny Bob Wather come in, and we're just sitting in the gym, and we were talking that time, and I said, you know, I said I don't hate to walk away from all these kids that were in my program. I, I feel like you know it would be a terrible, terrible mistake. He said there are no mistakes, mm-hmm. and I said really. He said no. He said they're gone on with their life. You give them what they need to have. Do what you think's right. Right. And um, I probably wouldn't even apply it had there not been some extenuating circumstances. Gotcha. I knew what was going to go on, and I, and I figured that I could take it. And, you know, and I knew we weren't going to be very good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so hopefully we'd be somewhat competitive. And I stayed, and I don't regret that. Um, it was t- tough two years, I will tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, the kids tried. Right. Yeah. The thing, the difference was, I'd never, I'd always had good guard play. Mm-hmm. If not good guard play, I had good athletes that were out there playing that position. They might have not been natural, but there was enough of them out there to get the job done. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's we went to super. Yeah, yeah that's a perfect example. We right. had four guards, but none of them were a point guard. But right. we made it work. We made it work, and that's you know that's I never faced not having one. Now we're making this, and we made that work. But then here I am with a sophomore and a sophomore guards. Yeah. Neither one had been a point guard, and one, and one couldn't be, and so yeah. I got to make one yeah. into one. Not exactly what I wanted to do with him. And we done okay against man, but when we'd hit a zone, people would zone us or zone trap us. We were in trouble. Yeah. And uh, and then it started happening. You can't hit that curveball. You see a steady diet of them, don't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, we had uh, Martinsville giving them fits, and they went to that 1-3-1 one, one trap. We're giving Fairfield fits, and we shouldn't even been in the ball game with Fairfield. Yeah. And uh, we were, as a matter of fact, we should have been up on them. We missed enough two, one and two footers. They went, they switched and went to the 1-3-1. One, one. We had trouble. We didn't have great outside shooting, you know, and we were just a young, 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 yeah. two sophomores, a, a couple seniors, and a, 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 a junior, maybe a third sophomore. Yeah. Well, you know, it was tough. I end up with a freshman on the floor before it was all said and done. And you just go out and do your best and hope kids don't lose their enthusiasm and and try to, you know, you're teaching now, you're trying to teach the game and build. Yeah. And there were times that I got frustrated and I I didn't handle things very well. Mm -hmm. I regret those times. Um, And that may may have been a little bit more in the second year. And I had some discipline problems and. All those things I've never faced before. Yeah. And uh, then we got into the third year where I thought, you know, we had the accident. Boy, that was tough. Uh, that night over at the hospital in that snow and yeah. those kids in the, the hospital, that was a 
gut-wrenching mm. situation. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that defined Jared Bryan's life. He went into physical therapy because of what happened to him. Oh, he wow. Went, oh, that's wow. what he told me, and I believe that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to help other people. Huh. Well, that's and, awesome. uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know, so uh, it's that's an amazing, amazing uh, fact, you know, that there are things that we look back. We came back. It's just a, a little bit year. Right. We had, you know, those kids worked. They weren't as hard of workers. They worked hard, but they had a limit. Uh, Gary's group and those kids, they could work for two and two and a half hours, you know. Uh, that group was about an hour and 45 minutes, and then they started seeing the change. <laughs> they were ready. So you had to shorten your practices. and But, uh, you know, they were good. Yeah. They won a conference title that, that last year, and they won a Capital Classic championship. It was a struggle. They uh, performed well at the Carmi tournament. Uh, uh, you know, they performed well. They this is 97-98, right? Yeah. yeah. So Steve yeah. Steve gets player of the year in the conference. I mean, he, he played a great second half of the season. While we were down in Carmi, I seen Brad Lee go into a little offense, and he didn't even use it that much. I thought, I like that. Mm. And I went home and made it, made it ours. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just a, a quick hitter opener. What I was going to do was put Steve – in the low post off of a Travis Stoning screen. And then bring Stoning out on a double screen. We we're going to reverse it and then get the rest of the movement in. We were going to see if we can get Steve the ball right real quick down in the blocks. We run other things, needless to say. Uh, and I should have been when we got to Teotopolis in that game. I should have left that offense, moved Steve up and out, put Josh and Landon back in the blocks where they had better matchups than what he did. To work on it, and I didn't do it, and I regret that. I don't, you know, but um, yeah, he played one heck of a second half. I mean, guys, that ball club, I, we had Jason Bryant get sick, right, mm. and go down, and and he he played against Robinson, but he come over to me and goes, Coach, I can't go anymore, and I said, one more play, and I'll get you out. We were going to run, we were going to run that lob play against their zone, one way or the other, and they went man, and played into our hands. He threw it up there, man. Landon Leasty grabbed it and laid it in, and we beat him. Yeah. You know, uh, but he wasn't there in the championship game, and, boy, that scared me. Of course, Derek McCullough, Matt McCullough's little brother, mm -hmm. had been playing all year. He stepped up, played a big for us. Uh, you know, we beat Casey over at Casey. They don't get beat at Casey very much. They beat us early in the year at Casey. Yeah. We had a great first, first quarter up and down, and then we started in – making them work on their defense, just kept taking our time, making them chases in that zone, slowing the game down. And we played great defense, and we beat them over there. I can't remember how. They didn't score very many points the last three quarters. Uh, and, you know, I thought we had a legitimate shot. And, again, like I said, you know, sometimes you you got to know when to make the, the changes. But, again, also, Jason Bryan not being 100% yeah, hurt right. us. Guys, he was a really, really good good guard not yeah. take anything else away from the other kids right if you've seen him his senior year he carried that team on his on his shoulders yeah adam thacker was good yeah and they had some other talent on that team but when they got in trouble it was jason bryan time when he fouled out in their regional after having an 18 point lead they knew they were done for he knew they were done for yeah he put his head down they put his uh, the towel over his head yeah he did you know it's kind of that's kind of like uh-oh 
that's not a good sign. And uh, he was a – I mean, you got two kids that were players of the year in the conference back-to-back. I had them on the same team. When we went mm-hmm. up and beat Carmi, he was lights out. He'd done his job that first half, and then it was Steve's shot to do his job and Chunk's time and, and Jordan's time and, and, and Stoding's and, and McCullough, uh, you know, uh, uh, different kids' uh, right. time to do do what they, ha- they could do, had to do to win the, win the ball games. But it helps to have – what he was, and he could shoot the ball. Yeah, that ninety, you know, that ninety-seven, ninety-eight team. You talk about just some big kids. Big. I mean, that, my God, that was a big team with they're Josh football, and Steve, all football players. Yeah, football. And, hey, Josh and Steve were like, heck, they could be half the line. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, and of course, you know, but the, Landon and McCullough, those guys were all six three, six four, six five. I mean, they were a big team. Yeah, uh, of course we. And Jason was a big guard. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, you know, he wasn't small. No. Uh, you know, uh, the thing about that group. Um, It was always hard to put your finger upon just exactly what our Achilles heel was. Mm-hmm. You never knew. But I knew that we had some kids, people are starting to realize we had some kids that put the ball down around their legs in the post, and they were doubling. And we should have been kicking it out. And uh, I, I, just, I don't know why I didn't stress that much more. I moved them and tried to do some slashing. And I'm still not for certain we ever got to where we really needed to be with yeah. that. But, you know, it, it did free up Steve some. and. And the other the other guards and 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 you should have freed up Landon a little bit more, which he could shoot the ball, but he had to have time because he had a low pull through the the shooting zone. It wasn't a quick shot, but he was deadly if you give him time. Yeah, uh, as he was, I think MVP in the Capital Classic. Yeah, over there he played he played he he could play. Yeah, they all could. We sometimes just didn't play very good defense at like in times we did. Yeah. Where was the sectional at that year in ninety seven ninety eight? That was that okay. So that was that Casey okay. And you T-Town know, handled us pretty good in that one. I, I, I want to go back, because you and I don't want to forget this, because I've wanted to ask you this for years. When, going back to Gary's team, you scored more baskets off your own missed free throws than any team I'd ever seen. Yeah, we, I loved watching you do that little thing with your finger, telling D what to do, because you set a screen from, from the low block, set a screen up to D, he would go one way or the other. Where did you get that? And how did it work so much? Because I'd never seen anybody do it before or since. I just came up with it. Yeah. I, I got looking at how people screened out. So you had the low guys going to screen the middle guy. Right. So what happens if the middle guy steps back and screens? The guy the, next to him. Next the guy, to him. Yeah. guy that's up. That's unheard of. Yeah. But it takes him out of the play. That guy goes back door. And he's going to be free. And then – the other guy just rolls into the middle. Mm-hmm. What happens if they, they pick him up and he goes with him in the middle? The guy coming off the screen is wide open, yeah. Com- yeah. coming into the hole. If he if he checks and tries to pick up the the other guy, D, you got D walking right into yeah. the, the basket. I did, that's just something to come up with. Yeah, that was really got thinking thinking about it. You scored a lot of baskets off of that that year. I uh, mean, just a you tremendous know the thing amount. about it made it work so well is that that might not have been the academic smartest group of kids I had. But let me tell you something. On the basketball floor, they were smart, yeah. and they were quick. And, you know, right? don't ever think that D. Holloway, he, he, him and Bobby Stevens were smart basketball yeah. players. Yeah, they were. Athletic Absolutely. and headstick. And yeah. the rest of the kids were. Sure. They had, they had good instincts. Uh, that, you know, that makes it, makes it so much easier. Yeah. They, they knew. Uh, what to do? I just, it's just that. I, I, I'm glad I remembered to ask that question. I would have I kicked myself in the butt had I forgotten. <laughs> Is there anything else with the, the, the end of the 10-year run here? Is there anything else we want to get into? Well, I think we were just – so 
just kind of going it's the end of the 10-year run yeah. then, so let's kind of get into that one. yeah so i mean obviously just the summary you don't if you do or don't know the don't know this 163 and 115 record won five out of eight basketball capital classic seven regional title appearances won four of those one one sectional title and you you won coach of the year four different times so it's pretty uh pretty healthy 10-year run that, that you had there with uh, obviously the your coaching and the leadership you provided to those teams and the talent that they have was a a really really solid 10-year run but thinking about that next team and i don't you let that's when you decided to move on and that was, you knew you had Brian and you had Thacker and you had that good group, but you decided to move on. Was there are there things you can talk about as to why you decided to move on at that point? And if not, that's cool too. Well, I tell you, I thought about it at the start of the year. This might I always think about it, but I was pretty serious at the start of the year. This might be the last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was pretty well leading to that. There was just I was tired. Right, I was tired of a lot of the nonsense that goes on and. My daughter come home one one night after one of the games, and, and I'm going to be a little graphic or, or mm-hmm. whatever. She says, Dad, why are you an asshole? I said, what are you talking about? I was up in the stands, and he said, they were calling you an asshole. Mm. And I thought, well, I, you know, I don't want that to go on with my kids. Right. Growing, if I'm an asshole, then it's time to move on. I don't care if it's one, two, three, or whatever. And, right. And there were some people, and I thought, I just don't know if I want to go through that anymore. And I mentioned it to my wife and to others that I was, that staff-wise, that this is probably going to be the last hurrah. Right. I was going to walk down that uh, Broadway one last time. This is going to be it. I was never going to come back to coaching. And uh, uh, Harold Poor came in. He was a, used to be the coach at Carmi. He was sells sporting goods. Okay, that's how I knew that name from the selling the sporting goods. Yeah. And he knew. We talked about it, and he says, "I think you really need to think about this." Mm-hmm. And I said, why is that? He says, it gets quiet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, you got you go out and coach those kids, come back, you can have success. He said, you might start slow, but you'll have success at the end of the year. Yeah. He said, go ahead and do it. He said, he said, you know, life's life. Go do it. Don't walk away. Yeah. And I, I said, well, Harold, I wish it was that simple. You know, it, 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 that was the whole, the whole deal. It was just that simple. You know, that you didn't have to consider everything going on. And there were other things going on in my life, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, that uh, I had to think about. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I was sitting down there thinking about it in the gym, and I hadn't made it 100% mind up. And uh, Mike Cummins come down out of the office, and he goes, you need to make a decision. And I said, what's that? And he goes, whether you're going to coach or you're not, we need to know so we can get somebody hard. And I said, really? And he says, yeah, we need to do it right away. And I said, then I'm stepping down. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was it. Oh, I, yeah, that was it. That was it. Um, if, what was his reaction to that? I think he was, I don't know, I'm yeah. probably happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have to deal with me. I, would, yeah. uh, I could be hard to deal with. I, I wasn't a, a big fan of, of uh, some of the things that would go on, you mm-hmm. know. Um, him and I had had our differences, especially when Jared got hurt and I wanted to stay with him and treat him and he I told me I had to come to the teacher's institution instead of treating him I was really upset about that and I I knew that when Harry had been there I would have been allowed to stay there right and treat him and then come in late and I just I don't know I felt there wasn't as much support as mm-hmm. there needed to be gotcha. there and I just thought well, you know 
I've done 10 years. I don't walk on water because there's only one person that has ever walked mm-hmm. on water, and that's Jesus Christ. I, I'm not a miracle worker. I can produce some pretty good teams, and I have kids that want to work for me and have the right attitudes, and I, yeah. I love doing that, and I love teaching the game. But to, at what expense? Right. At what expense to your health? What expense to your life at home? I didn't have a lot of friends because I was afraid to go out because somebody always asked me, I want to start something with basketball, and I was uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted a, a, a different life, so I, I stepped down. And and then they had the first game and I, on a Friday night, and I was walking the down floors. <laughs> and it took me a while to adjust. I bet. And uh, I adjusted quite well after a while, and I was okay. Is that how you became such a great golfer? I was golfing ahead of time <laughs> because of Bob Lohman. Yeah. Uh, but I had more time, right. needless to say, in the summer. I didn't quit coaching, but they give me more time at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know, guys. Did you go to games I, that I, next I went, year? I went to some, but okay. not a lot. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, I, I, Gary and I were such opposites that uh, I, I didn't go a lot. Right, right. I mean, I'd go some. I tried to stay out of the way out of the picture uh you know it's that's you, know, you don't need the old coach hanging around sure mm-hmm. you know i just stayed out of the way and tried to stay away from people so there wasn't any comments or anything to be made one way or the other right, right. you know they they got off to a great run i did go up to the capital classic and uh bob and i did after playing golf all day we went up and seen sullivan i don't know who's a red hill play somebody and uh seen sullivan was up there and they played and I, I, maybe Marshall, I can't remember who played in the championship game. But we stayed and watched it. We enjoyed ourselves. Um, but uh, I didn't go back for a while after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did go to more games when Stoltz was there, boys' games. I would go up and sit with Bob Waller. He had a, a reserve seat, and he'd let me sit down there by him. I went to some of those games, and, and I went to some when Brian took over. Yeah. The very first. Uh, I, of course, I was coaching the girls at that time, right? Which was a, a crazy thing to do, yeah. But uh, not nothing that I'd ever planned to do, and I still some days scratch my head about that. But uh, you know, that was a situation where the girl I'd went in and worked with Mike Ray at his camp and got working with some of the girls, and I had a parent come up and said, "We don't have a coach." Chris Lyles had stepped down and resigned, and we were wanting to go to camp. Would you take the girls to camp? <laughs> so, you know, I said yes. And I, I went home and asked my daughter, and she says, I don't know if I'm going to play. I think I'm going to play, but I'll go to camp, you know. Yeah. So, so she's a freshman. I mean, you know, she wasn't going to play varsity basketball by no means. And uh, we went to camp, and I coached them, and I, I liked the girls. I thought they worked hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, well, they can't find a coach. So I went in and talked to Paul Tugall and said, I would be interested in taking the girls' program for a year. Um. And helping out. And he says, well, I got two openings. I get the openings for the boys. And I said, I'll never do the boys program as a head coach again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never, so, con- never. never consider it. Yeah. Oh, I've considered things, but I've, I'm smart enough. But that, yeah. was, that was a hard no at that point. I mean, you knew you weren't prepared for that again. Well, why restart and rebuild? I right. Mean, you're worth that ethic. You've let it go. I mean, you know, I, there wasn't this burning sensation in my body to, to – to, do that again. Start from scratch, basically, yeah. again, yeah. So I thought, well, nobody's going to give a crap crap about the girls' program. I'm just going to go out and enjoy myself with these girls and 
see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's basically what I did. You know, we won a couple conference championships and, yeah. and uh, won a regional. We lost a couple. One we shouldn't have, but we lost it. Yeah. And in normal fashion, how we how I lose them, at, we don't we, we don't convert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off the free throw line, but uh, I enjoyed the girls. I, I I learned a little bit about more about coaching, and that it's really you break things down, and they're not. It's a different level, but I think the real thing was it, it brought my daughter, which went ahead and stayed out. Mm -hmm. We got closer. Oh, that's okay. awesome. That's Good. great. Yeah. And you know, she told me yesterday that she's glad I'd done that because. She wouldn't trade those those four years for anything. That's awesome. And that, if anything I've done, there, we, you know, it didn't always didn't work out that great. Let me tell you, that's how people are. I found right. the same old thing going out, and people are they wanted to had a board, a board member wanted to get rid of me after the third year, and uh, they, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to finish up with her, and then I'm that's You're it. Done. I'm done with this place, and uh, this is this is too crazy, you know. Uh, it's not worth the worth it, um, you know. I, I, I shouldn't have never came back, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, I enjoy enjoyed it. So you I, had some I, success. I mean, yeah, you know, had I, three we, winning seasons and won a conference and won a regional. And so anyway, we done it, you know. And I knew it that sealed the deal as a boys' coach. So I was through, and you know, I I, I went through a life changing event. I was divorced in 2007, mm -hmm. and it uh, it really was a, a quite an ordeal. But uh, Brian needed an assistant, and I had told him one time I'd help him. And I told him again, I needed something to do, let me tell you. <laughs> and, but, you know, I told him I just really wanted to teach the game. And he, I think he was a little hesitant about having me around in a way. Mm -hmm. I, I think he remembered the I don't know if he wanted that type of intensity. But he, he, he let me do it and put me in charge of the freshman and put Gene Allen down there with me. I think Gene was kind of going to be the go-between and the help down there, and he helped a lot. Yeah. And I we coached that freshman group down there the first year. I think we were 13, 14, and 1. Uh, they were a good group and uh, enjoyed it. And, and I, what I enjoyed was teaching the game. Yeah. I didn't really have any desire to coach the game on the bench. The thing about it was I always felt that I, that I liked the person I had become, and I did not want – person that I was at certain parts of that tremendous competition mm -hmm. when at I got to win push push shove that's the thing that's important they're going to do it my way or the highway yeah and I didn't want want that anymore I wanted to teach and do it and not have to worry about so I was go coach the games yeah I didn't care all I, all I want to do is really teach the game yeah because that's what coaching is you're a teacher mm -hmm. you teach other things but you have to teach yourself. I think I was overcritical. I, I mean, I ended up coaching games, but it was always where I felt tight mm -hmm. about doing it. I was always saying, you, you, you don't cross the line. You get up and get on to kids. Don't, you know, be kinder and more gentle person yeah. in life and be and, and explain to them better. These are not 17-year-old kids you're dealing with. with. These are young kids. Yeah. And uh, – no, it was it was, a, it was a good time. I would tell you it was a long seven years being an assistant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that. Going to the all the ball games and, and watching all the games there, then sitting on the bench there and watching and, and sometimes yeah. wanting to say, ah, I'd like to get involved in this a little bit right, more. Right, right, right. Can you talk about some of the players you had in your girls' time, um, some of the standouts? I know you had Abby, Brian. That was I had the, Abby the first year, her and, and uh, Veronica Campbell. 
they were both really good players. Um, and then they left, and then I had uh, Julia Shear and, and Lauren Thacker and, and Amy Fiscus. And, Casey Leg too. Casey yeah. Leg come yep. out. Um, I think they were the four seniors. And then I had uh, Lacey Longnecker and Abby Leg, and I had Heather. Mm-hmm. They made up the kids that played. We got a lot of mileage out of just uh, doing the right things. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not going to say we weren't a <laughs> – we won a regional that uh, we lost the year before against almost the same team and at Lawrenceville. We won it uh, because a couple of kids could step up and play defense. Right. Abby yeah. Leg and, and my daughter. They both they both could play defense. And the other girls, because I'd learned that, they could do the other things. Yeah. And, of course, the other two girls, they could still score occasionally. And they proved that. And and we just had a, a alternate plan, guys. Yeah. We got to a certain point, and we switched the alternate plan and went to the thing I never thought I'd ever say, a zone. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we doubled the, the girl from floor every time she touched the ball. That's how dangerous we thought she was. Yeah. And kept the ball where she couldn't do anything. And it worked, and we went on with the championship. And uh, uh, for some, for one thing, we we done the right thing. And yeah. the girls, uh, I'm happy for them because that's something they'll remember – uh, there's nothing grander than, than winning a, one of those things. Absolutely. On. Yeah. It didn't work very well in the sectional. We drew T-Town. Well, T-Town, there you go. There, yeah. That's a familiar story, right? Yeah. yeah from, the, from the glory yeah, they days. Their girls program was probably a whole lot tougher than the boys. Yeah. yeah. Not taking anything away from right Kenny. From the, right, yeah. Because Kenny sure. was an excellent coach. Yeah. yeah. Well, that T-Town, they kept Red Hill from a couple probably state championships. And Mandy Cunningham yeah. Oh, yeah, there. for Definitely. sure. Yeah. State we didn't have probably. any Mandy Cunningham. No. <laughs> Hey, let's uh, let's take a quick pause and then we will come back with uh, with Coach Kendall. My wife's here. Actually, I want to get a picture to put on the Facebook page. We'll take a quick break and then we'll Do come wrap back up and, and start and... wrapping up. We'll be right back. Hey, spring's right around the corner, and when it's time to play golf, we hope that you people from the Illinois side of the river come over and check out Country Oaks Golf Club right on Route 50 in between Washington and Montgomery. Five sets of tee boxes. Full zoysia grass, tees, and fairways, always ready for everybody to play of all abilities. So call 812-486-3300, and we will see you at the Oaks. All right, so I think you know we've we've kind of went through the uh, the you know, the ten years as the boys uh, leader of the program, and then you had uh, what four years as the girls coach, and I think in those fourteen years, looks like you had about two hundred and twelve wins, which you know, and uh, lots lots of hardware that came with that, and just a, an incredible run. And, and uh, like I said, in our eyes, you're definitely a legend at Red Hill, and we've always we've we've talked about you in that in that vein for a long long time. So here's a question: I'm not sure if you're prepared to do this, but we're running this hypothetical tournament. Okay. Did your daughter tell you about the tournament we were having? Yes, she did. Okay. (laughs) So this isn't a class tournament, so it's a team tournament. So if you played the 1992 team versus 93, you got Holloway against Holloway. So that's kind of how we played this out. So are you prepared to say who you think? You know, we, we, You've been on record to say that your favorite team was the 90, 90, the Havel and the McCullough and the Mosby team. Is that what team is the best team in in your eyes? If you could even say, well, (laughs) hmm. That's a difficult question. Yeah, it really it's is. loaded. It's a loaded question. Uh, you know, whether you choose a team from the first four out of the first five teams in the first year or you go back to the other, they're all deserving. Because I want to tell you something. 
anything could happen when they square it off. Right. Sure. Uh, you can look at matchups. I mean, if you want to go Lance Smith's team uh, against, uh, uh, I think you had Brandon Smith's team. Yep, yep. That's a hard matchup for Brandon Smith's team. It, the simple fact that Stacy Moore has so much size on the guards. Right, right. And then you have Lance that's got some size on and strength on the other kids. It's a tough matchup. Right. But on the other end, it's a tough matchup for the other kids, for the other team, because of their quickness. You got to remember the, the, that ninety-one team could shoot the three. Right. They had fourteen threes up at Karma, I think, which is a record or used yeah. to be. They could fill it up, which makes you have to come out, come outside. So that's you know who's going to be on that night. Right. Exactly. That's, that's exactly the thing. that's exactly what you have to remember. So that game could go either way. Yeah. And I mean, need to say 88, 89, You look at them. You look. There's a lot of physical talent there. They were physical athletes. Yeah. Um, so you have to look at that. Then you look at Brandon and Allen and Ho Allen and Host were special guards. Right. They were. They they had a lot of heart. Hayes and 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 Andrews, I mean, they played hard. They play Mike Hayes could shoot the, they called him the microwave man for a reason. <laughs> uh they could play. I mean Chad Andrews delivered at times too. But Brandon was the one that was consistent. Just an unbelievable clutch player. Right. Unbelievable player. I mean, his senior year, you know, he was he was Lights out for games, you know. And then you had the bench. You had Waller. Good, he was a good back guard. Stevens, Holloway. You know, that was a good group right there. And that's a group. That's where the, what that 88 and 89 team didn't have was a, a big bench. Right, right. So that's going to play. Who's, you know, who's getting the foul trouble, who's not. Um, you know, my heart goes with the 91 team mm -hmm. because I was closer to them. Yeah, but right. I'm not going to tell you the 89 team would have got beat. I can't tell you that because yeah. I can't tell you the 91 team. I would tell you I would pay to see the game. Oh, yeah. heck yeah. <laughs> we would all do that. <laughs> Is that are, are those the two you put in your finals? Uh, you I think he was taking one of the semifinals, okay. okay. right? So we got the other semifinal okay. here. I'm just telling you, that game could go either way. Uh, I know it's a popularity contest when the kids start voting for it. Absolutely. But I think the ones that are kinda, knowledgeable are going to tell you. Yeah, we had the Allens sure. and the Andrews. They <laughs> yeah. were all coming out to vote on, on that one. So they're 91 did get the win. That could go either way. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, they're going to look and say the most talents, 88, 89. I don't know if that's actually true. Uh, most athletic talents, 88, 9, 89. Right. They had 2,000 point scorers on that team. Now, they had other good athletes. Mm -hmm. But then again, they had, they had Hobbs. You have to start looking at matchups. They're going to have a hard time matching up with some of those, some as, as a 91 is going to have trouble matching up. I said, I don't. I don't think any of the early 90s teams would have had an answer for Lance. Oh, they're not going to have. Right. <laughs> Other than you're going to yeah. have to double him. Right. You're 91. Gonna to, you're going to have to get on top of him mm -hmm. and give backside help. And let me tell you, that's possible. Sure. Yeah. I mean, again, that's possible. But at the same time, they're, they're having that, they don't have a good answer for, for Brandon. Yeah. No. <laughs> Nobody no, did. No one did. <laughs> so. did. Did 91-92 have a better coach than 88-89? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Yeah, that's the uh, thing we talked about is like if, if you – that first season you had, if you had those kids, for and maybe that team would have been the best. And that's why this is so much fun to do these hypothetical let me, things. Let me put it this way. I think I'd had three years with this group of kids and had some things figured out. Stacy's and Lance's team would have went farther. Yeah. yeah. And that, that that's what I think. Right. Um, I have to take a lot of the responsibility for, for different things. Uh, there, I mean, I was young and um, 
What would you have been at that time? Uh, Your age? Yeah. yeah. What would you you graduated? What 36, you say? Six, 37 yeah, years okay. old. Right. The thing is, I only had uh, two years, three years. I'd had about five years experience. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, which people would have thought I'd had more, but I hadn't stayed in education. I wasn't certain they even wanted to coach again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I got out. Um, so anyway, I didn't have that much experience, but a great game. I don't know if they're going to. They would win a tournament. But they both teams would have a chance. Mm -hmm. What's uh what year in those from that 88, 89 team through the ninety two ninety three team? Which year was the conference the toughest? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, eighty eight and eighty nine was was a, a very tough year. That seems it seems to me like I want to go. I want to go every year that. during that the conference. The yeah, the conference was, was solid. There's division but, one players in the conference right. every year, and um, my year was probably the weakest. I think at the conference probably, would have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, yours might have been down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Florida was a year away from it really being good. But uh, there was still talent in the conference. Right. Uh, and I, I've always said, you know, people have always, you know, and we made the switch to the Little Illini Conference in the early 2000s. I'm really, really glad we were in the Northeast Justin Conference during that run. Because, yeah, we were the small school, but, I mean, we matched up with everybody, and it made us better, I think. Well, you know, the problem with Red Hill – and I mean this positive. They are small. Sure. They've got smaller. I don't have an answer for them. I think they thought they were making the right move when they moved into to the little line. I maybe it was, but guys, the little line, little line I, was off balance even yeah. when we, even yeah. before we moved into it's, it. It's it's right. like the NEC. I was gonna say now. the little line is now the <laughs> NEC, right? <laughs> Pretty minus, much minus a couple teams plus a couple teams. Though. So we're not any better off. So what do you what do you, what do you do? You know, I you have to find. I mean. Football's a problem. Right, football is the thing, yeah. I mean, that's a problem. And I don't mean a problem from the standpoint of playing the game, but it's a problem for scheduling and right. getting a line lined yeah. up where you need to be. Right. Where are you going to go conference? There's places for the basketball program to go and the baseball program. I don't know if I want to go there totally, but there's, yeah. there's a place to go. Football, there's where we need to be. Size-wise, there's not a lot of schools in our area that plays, so we'd have to go up and out. I mean, you know, ideally, Oblong and – and I don't know if those schools want to deal with, deal with us anymore. Yeah, they're up at some place up there that yeah, the little the little Oakaw Valley, Oakland, yeah. I think, yeah. is yeah. LOVC. And I mean, I you know I don't know where you'd go, and uh, but we're they're down, where they're at now is not good. It's not a good scenario. Even though they've had some success, but it's going to be few and far between for all programs. Right. Uh, and it shouldn't be for all programs, but we should have a little bit more success. Uh, but we're going to run through big droughts. Yeah. And when we do, it's going to be what I call ugly for us, mm -hmm. and you have to survive. Uh, and not ugly from the standpoint, you know, people go, oh, what's wrong with us? Well, the talent level's down. Yeah. You know, that's why. And we're against schools twice our size, and they're going to say, well, what would happen if we play against schools other? Well, yeah, we'd, we'd do better. We'd do better, no doubt. But, you know, the question is, where are we going to go? Yeah, right. You know, and I, and I sympathize with the coaches. I never, you know, ever wanted to leave the NEC. But I was realistic. Mm -hmm. I knew we were the smallest school, but I, I, you know, I knew that. But it didn't bother me. But I also knew as I was in school watching, as it going, going further on, especially when I was in the track program, we were good, our good our last year in the NEC, and I think we were second or third, I think third in the conference. We didn't have a chance to win it. Salem was two people every daggone event, mm -hmm. and we just couldn't do that. We didn't have the size. We win the the little line eye the next year uh, and we went it two more times in, in track uh, 
and we were competitive even when they brought the other schools in. Yeah. But had we, we, we would have won it had they stayed the way it was in other years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but your numbers, it kills you. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what's wrong with the football. You know, you, you come out with, if you come out with 30 kids, they got 50. If you come out with 22, they got – I guarantee you, if they got 40, those 18 more kids make a difference. Heck yeah. yeah. Big well, time, big time. I think I say this on every podcast on both shows I do, but Mark Holt, the Barry girls coach that just retired, sat right there in that chair and said something that's very simple, but it's true. You can be great at X's and O's, but you got to have the Jimmys and Joes. You know, and you do. you got to have players. Well, I said earlier that you, you have to realize how blessed you are when you have the talent. That's yeah. why you're successful. Not everybody's – Going to get that opportunity the same way. Now you know you have to make you have to make chicken salad. Right, you have it. Yeah, <laughs> right. you know, but, right. Uh, that's the way. But you know you have to realize that those are special years. Yeah, they are. Sure. And you want your and the thing about it is, what you really want is everything to be successful. Yeah. Every program. So you got to land someplace where that's possible. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Red Hill's in a tough spot. Yeah. Right. So that's what, and that's probably what made it so special for those years that we were doing well. It's, it makes it such a special little little town and a little community together. So we got you want to do the other semifinal, ninety two versus. He's got ninety one going to the championship. He said ninety one over eighty nine. I, I said it could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> your, your heart went with ninety one. So uh, I, I said it could go either way. So who's left? Then I'm confused. Then we got ninety two, ninety three against two. Ninety-two again. Well, because he went, he was doing the semifinal game, the ninety-one versus eighty-nine. So okay. we we haven't heard who'd win between ninety-two and ninety-three yet. Well, all right. So, <laughs> so I, I guess like you don't need that. Yeah, that's the question. Okay, I think you just did. Uh, let's face it, ninety-two had more depth than ninety-three. Yeah, by a lot. Yeah, yeah I mean that's the question. There, it's not who. Who's going to perform better? They just had more depth. They just wore them out. Yeah, I think Bobby, Bobby D were the better one to punch. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the '92 team had more depth. Yes, and, and, and Bobby and, and D. We with Bobby, Bobby, Bobby D. There's something to think about. I don't know how Stevens really matches up against Stevens, quite frankly. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to throw that, but it's yeah. just the depth there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you this: uh, you never know how it's going to turn out. Sure. They, '93 could be explosive. They could be explosive, but yeah. so could '92. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they could be explosive. That's a the big problem is we're six five Matt McCullough. Mm-hmm. D can guard D, but who in the heck is who's going to guard Matt? Yeah, that's for even the... if Murray tries to guard McCullough, that's a problem once you get him in the blocks. Yeah, and, and it's a problem when he's on the outside. You know, we're going to match up pretty good every place else, and it's going to be, but that's going to be a tough matchup. Yep, and that's you know that and sometimes you got to say that's where, but you know, and, and again, I I've seen ninety three at times look like lights out. There was nobody capable. Staying with them, and then I seen other. Nights. We play dogs too some <laughs> yeah. nights too. Yeah, and I think that's tarred legs and other nights. But uh, and then our fa- 90, and our- 92 was probably the most consistent. But that has to do with they had more places to turn. Right, 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 right. Now I, in our fa- Facebook on the Facebook page, you know, I kind of felt bad for the late '90s teams that they didn't get. I, I think everybody's kind of our slant. podcast or our Facebook page is more geared toward like yeah. the early night. So then, the, but 97, class, 98 class bias due. was shining through pretty bad. Talk about them compared to the like the 97, 98 team was the yeah. was the yeah. best right. team there. This is something I th- if I had the old stats, I think the uh, St- Billy Gray senior year, mm-hmm. that team may have been the best defensive team I had. 
Really? So 96, 2017, then, yeah. Yeah, and we're talking, and I'm not for certain about that. I don't have them anymore. But I think I, I looked at that one time, and the shooting percentage against us that year was less than any other time. And I would have never thought that. Hmm. But, uh, and that, when it, you do you that give well, up points. You, you're in the ball game. Sure. Were they as athletic as 88 and 90 tall? No, not that group was it. Um, but, uh, and, and they were, you know, but they have talent. Conference, conference-wise, late well, 80s, you, 90s, was uh, it as deep, those conferences deep? We had snow down at Mount Carmel. Right, okay. It's one of the best players ever come through. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't remember. Salem had a good team that year. They had a big boy in the middle, and that's one of, I think one of their better teams. I don't remember anybody else being lights out. Uh, I mean, we, we won some games. Uh, uh, you know, it was it, it was a tough year for us uh, and a good year for us at the mm -hmm. same time. And but, I, I'm just looking at the results there. I had forgotten you. Where did you play Springfield Calvary at? Did you play them in a street shootout or a something? Shootout, yes. Okay. That, that was my first year up in Springfield. And I lived across the street from Calvary. I'm like, how did I forget they played yeah. Calvary that year? Where, where, where was that shootout at? Cumberland. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes, we did. We went up there, and I, I knew the coach up there. Can tell you his name now. My memory's not great on names anyway. I don't I, know if Drew was. Jim Drew was still there he, or not. He was the good coach. He'd been through the run up with him. Up yeah, there. so Drew was, yeah, I think Jim's his and, first uh, name. I don't even recognize it. That tells you something. I feel bad yeah. about that. But he run – and I'd seen him during the summer playing this and that. And he asked, and I said, yeah, we'll come up. And, uh, you know, I don't regret that. I, I was playing Springfield Cavalry, and I wanted to play him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I thought it would be a good deal for us. So I think we'll leave the tournament as we think it may be a three-way tie for the for the best team. Well, the 97-98 yeah. team is better than, yeah. than than the one I'm talking about. Right, now. right. There's so 97-98 against that era of teams from the early late 80s, early 90s, could they? Well, let's let's put it this way. Steve Wilson was a force. Yep. Jason Bryan was a force. Leasty Boy could score. Young was 245 pounds of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, if you didn't get him the right place, he's going to go up. Yeah, and the you know, Stoning Boy did a nice job for mm -hmm. left-handed for us, and they had the color boy who could shoot the ball. They had, they had the right to to be honored because they were conference champions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were a regional champions. Uh, they went, played in a good conference that year. It was a good conference. Uh, Mount Carmel was pretty good that year. Carmi was good, and. and uh, there was a lot of – Fairfield was excellent. Nobody ever thinks about Fairfield. Yeah. They were good. There was just a lot of good teams that year. They're going to be – I want to tell you something. They're going to be competitive with those teams. Right. And, you know, that's, again, what's going to happen when they match up, you don't know. Right. I mean, that's just it. I, yeah. Guys, you want me to make actually, a choice. They're, they're, yeah. You want me to make a choice. <laughs> and and no, the thing is – Actually, they're a lot younger now, so they might – They might they, win. They, they, they would uh, win, probably. But, it, you know, you just don't know. And it would be irresponsible <laughs> for me to pick a winner out of those kids that all played for me. Yeah. Well, it's it's fun to hear you kind of. What's what, this is what we hope to hear yeah. you kind of match them up a little bit at least. It's you can match every one of them up. And, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you don't know what's going right. to happen. I mean, uh, think about think about it this way. You think about the '91 versus the '93, and there's a you know there's more depth there. But when you start thinking about Holloway's development and Stevens' development going against that team, 
that's a, a one-two force to be reckoned with. Right. That's the same as Smith and Moore was a one-two. And they had the people around them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even though 91 had a lot of kids there, too, you have to look at that. Anytime you've got two kids that are really, really, really good and you have three kids that are really smart and can play and shoot, yeah. you're going to be a force. Right. Yeah. Now, regardless of your weaknesses, and when we had weaknesses in 93, we had weaknesses with every team to a certain yeah. extent, but we had to get through those. The growth of the 93 team is is something to be proud of. Sure. It's, they grew as the season went along, and they stayed with it, and they got better. They went the highest of anybody. Yep. And you have to honor that. Right. And, you know, that doesn't mean I'm telling you they're going to win a tournament because I want to tell you, in those, those, those good years – those teams, anything could happen. That's sure. right. You play a ten game series, and a lot of those are going to be five to five, probably. You know, I mean, so it's 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 hard to say what's the best. It, in in our page, the the fans did honor what that ninety three. They voted ninety three over ninety one in the championship game. So the the, the fans out there give it to ninety three, and well, that, got to and, a super and, and sectional. I'm not say so they're wrong because they went the farthest. Yep. You know, um, I'm just I'm not going to say, and I'm yeah. going to say it wouldn't happen again. Um, Good teams. Chip, Good do you want people. to ask the next question that he may not say? On all the, right, so on I, the... I've actually had uh, one of your all-time great players sent me a message and wanted me to ask you this one. Uh, the uh, all-Kindle team, the individuals. So, And do we want to go this by not just your five best players, but you want a point guard. Po- you, you, you want to put your best team on the floor out there. And it might be your five greatest players, and you'll find somebody to play point or whatever. So. However well, you want to do this. Well, if you go – it's funny. You you know, you knew yeah. this was coming. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you, you got, you know, Stacey Moore, needless to say, he's very talented and so is Lance Smith. And how are you going to leave him off? Right. How are you going to leave Brandon Smith off? Yeah. How are you going to leave Steve Wilson off? MVP player of the year. So now Holloway and Stevens, who's getting yeah, picked? Yeah, that's <laughs> the problem. And that you have a problem there. And Holloway, all-conference, should have been player of the year. And Bobby Stevens, you know – Talent. I hate to, you can't, it's hard to leave him out. And then the fact you're turning around saying you got Matt McCullough all conference. Right. You know, and, and you got you haven't even touched a point a true point guard. Um, yeah. So you can do it a lot of different ways. Uh, but you know, when you start thinking about what you're asking is it's almost impossible. Yeah. Right. It is. Yeah. 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 I mean you can't leave. But Bob, it's really fun I to see at, you go through this pain though to try I, to figure I, out. I, I look at it this way. Bobby Stevens would make the ideal sixth man on that team. Right, yeah. Why? Not because he's not as good as he, because he's as good as anybody there. Yeah. But because he's so versatile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And anytime he'd enter a game, I guarantee you, he was going to make an impact one way or the other. I mean, that's the same way when you get looking at you. You pick you pick up teams, you know, and, and do you have the right combinations and the, and the right – I mean, how are you going to have Smith and Holloway on the same team? Yeah. You know, I mean, both in the post, except that you're going to move – You'd have to move Lance out some yeah. and out and face. And you got basketball. Steve Wilson fighting for minutes there and he's too. Gonna, he's yeah. going to move out too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> how good are you going to be defensively? I mean, you know, you have to go back and go. True. Yeah. You know, maybe I. You know, that's maybe I need a real true point guard instead of Stacy because I made him one because I thought thought I needed he needed to be and he really needed to be the off guard. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, then you have Eric Coates, a true point guard. I was going to say, Eric's probably as I'm guessing as true a point guard, obviously as there is, but his size, but he could play. Was Eric he and Rob too? Was Rob he Waller ever? Rob Waller was another one. That was could play. Eric as effective defensively as he was with the ball? He wasn't a problem defensively. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, 
back in Chips, no, he's a freshman. Those kids knew he had size. I remember Lawrenceville uh, trying to post him. Uh-huh. And those kids would come in and sandwich back some of the backside. Eric was they were tough. not going to let it happen, and he would sit on top of the, ki- the kid, and they would move it. And they took they knew where he was at, and they knew what the, he needed help at that time. Now, he grew, and he got stronger. Yeah, right. And so tough, was, too. Yeah, and he tough. was tough. It just it wasn't a, a major issue for right. him. I mean, and we were going to, if it was, we were going to help on it. Yeah. And uh, we, well, the kids knew that. They took, that's the same thing with you had Rob Waller on the floor. Rob was 5'8". You know, he would, if he got down the blocks, he'd sit on top of a kid, but he was going to have to have help from the backside. Yeah. But that was true with the men. I mean, we went to fronting the post instead of siding the post. Well, you had to have the backside, but You're what right. it done was weaken you rebounding. And you had, the kids had to learn to row into rebounding position. So it's one or the other. But that backside help is essentially important at any time the ball's in the post and you want to take it away. And and I, I was watching, matter of fact, the, the film when I was telling you about this, the run at the at Charleston, I was watching D. Holloway fronting the post, physically fronting the kid and watching the backside. It wasn't 100% there, but they were watching it. And he was taking away that, that kid down in the blocks by fronting him. Yeah. Which you, when you sidestep over and over and over, you get pinned. When they get on top of you, and they can stay on top of you physically, you have some problems. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and that's what those kids done well, and they recognized help, and um, you know, it, it never was an issue. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had small guards with I hope Mosby and and, and Holtz and Waller were small. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, mm-hmm. I, Mosby was probably probably the tallest at five ten, and. Uh, the other two, and the other two would be on the floor at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if you think back when Waller was a sophomore and Holtz was a junior, and Allen was a junior, we won ball games by getting ahead in the fourth quarter and pulling it out, uh, and shooting free throws with those kids on the floor, which was advantage. Except when it come down to defense, right? right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We yeah. we were going to have to match up and check out really well, and because uh, you were sitting there all of a sudden with three guards and Brandon, and I think Chad was the other. And kid you weren't doing a lot of situational substituting. I mean, you just they just went. We went in because that was the group late in the game. I wanted mm-hmm. on the floor. Right. I mean, Chad Andrews was easily to say the weakest free throw shooter, but he 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 was he could take care of the basketball and distribute it, and he knew how to get rid of it. And he wasn't going to make any mistakes, and uh, to speak of out yeah. of that, and he would hit his free throws when he had to. I mean, you know, he, need to say you're always going to have somebody weaker on the floor. It was free throw. It never, never fails. Right. But he wasn't a bad free throw shooter. Right. You know, he was just out of that group was the weakest. So I think it's safe to say we've got about 12 players on our team. Yeah, I don't know right, that we yeah. can. Be a, be a hell of a team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about something completely off topic as we wrap up. Talk about your you. I know in Chris Goff, you played a lot of Stratomatic baseball. Hey, are you still playing Stratomatic? I have the Stratomatic game. I haven't updated it in a long time, but I still have it. I still look at it daily. Okay. I've thought about oh, wow. doing a replay in it for the last two years. Really? And I can't ever come up with what I what I want to do. It's like a – I don't know. It's like I look at them and try to do diff- – I want something that's going to happen that I'm not I'm not going to know the results in. Right. right. So I've tried to mix and match. and I've got time, time and I need to go into one. It's been a long time since I have, but yeah. I still have it. I read – also, and I walk five or six balls a day. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, yeah we I were, think you're, you're good. I was just gonna say your, we your love for Stratomatic because yeah. I know my soft my sophomore year I started. We didn't really get in, but like um, Matt Gentry and Brandon and Gene and I we would play Strat, and I'm sure you're you're the one that 
introduce it to Matt or Brandon or somebody that got us playing it. I think we were playing the 86 season. You may, I don't know. You may I've have given us the cards. I don't know. No, I didn't give you the cards. I have the 86 season. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you play back of the cards, I'm sure, right? Isn't that the more uh, strategic version? Yeah. You know, it's changed quite a bit even now, Chip. But I, I first – the thing about that game, I was 13 years old up north Joliet with my, my dad's family. I'd go up there in the summer, and my uncle introduced me to Stratomatic Baseball, basic version. I was the Yankees, and because I was a big, big Mickey Mantle fan, and he was whoever was left in that box. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's how I got introduced to it, and yeah. then uh, I picked up a, a game board game down in uh, Carbondale at a, a store there, which you never ever seen it in a store too many times. Yeah. You'd have to order it online. <laughs> So I've got the computer version now. Okay. Oh, cool. You know, all right. So, so yeah. all you kids out there, um, Google Stratomatic Baseball yes. if you don't know what. Well, it's, it's a big thing now. They have their own league leagues, and they have uh, draft leagues through the through the uh, Stratomatic and all that. You know, so I don't participate in any of that. Um, my my wife <clears throat> thinks I spend too much time. <laughs> um. Well, what I else? think I, I think that maybe I think, I think we I think we could probably talk about these teams as about as long as we ever wanted to, but for the sake of your time, we'll uh, we'll let you get out of here. I know one thing that's been talked about a lot. I think once we start talking about this tournament, and we had our last podcast was just about those teams, and it generated. This is the most like activity, particip- yeah. particip- participation and activity we've had. So I think people are really uh, loving it, and we've talked about you know I don't know if the school would ever even consider doing anything, but some point having a reunion you know we're, we're almost 30 years away from the sweet 16 team and if the school wasn't going to then maybe as a group we put together some sort of a reunion uh, and we would love to do that and i think and i would love to at some point like pull all these trophies out of that trophy case that were attributed to you and the teams that you had and put that on display because like i said we are we're all very passionate about the future generations knowing how big of an impact you had on us and, and, and us is now, and even as we become adults, you know, I think uh, you played a big part or at least a piece in those of, of making some of us who we were today. So, you know, we all very, very much appreciate you. Well, thank you. That's a, that's a very nice compliment. Uh, uh, very touching. Um, and, you know, rightfully so, we do have adults come through our life that make a difference, and we hope it's a positive, yep. not a negative difference. And sometimes it's coaches. Right. And uh, sometimes it's teachers. There's always somebody. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And it's nice to be told that, that because that probably out of all the things that you do in life, that's probably the greatest accomplishment is tell you that somebody you've made a difference in their life. Yeah. That's a great thing to yep. say. Um, you know. Chip, you got anything? I, Gary said it well, but uh, it, it was great talking with you today. Um, I enjoyed having you as a coach and a teacher, and, and, and then I was a fan for many of your teams after I graduated. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you very much for coming in. Well, thank you for asking me. Uh, I hope that uh, you guys continue this. I think it's worthwhile. I think what it's worthwhile for, I think the school and the athletic program really needs a boost Mm -hmm. in the right direction. And if you can have an influence to do that and help all the programs, each and every one of them, that would be positive to find their roots and find their destination where they need to go. Yep, It's important. Dave? Yeah, same. I mean, 
I've got very fond memories. I, I wish I would have been a better basketball player, but yeah. I wasn't. But uh, well, we've those, still got to talk to Coach Dixon about <laughs> those teams. Uh, those teams in the late '80s, they're you know mid '90s. Those are special in my heart. I love watching them. It's great talking to you. All right. Well, as Robert Clymer queued it up many times, we're going to wrap this thing up. Coach Fred Kendall said it all. And uh, I would like to hope maybe sometime when we dive into maybe just one of these teams and do a, do a real deep dive into it, maybe we can have you back. And, and next time you're over here at Country Oaks, um, we need to tee it up because we'd love to have you and, and play some golf. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I, I will tell you this. I don't get out of Lawrence County to play golf very much. <laughs> well, you're always uh, welcome. I used to come over here when my golfing buddy, uh, Ken Ingram, was around, but he's now in Florida. And oh. oh, really? Okay. Yeah. He's retired down there, so – I, Chris Lyles and I, and I played with Mike Ray some. Okay. Um, I played with Mike off and on through the yeah, years. Yeah. And I played with Chris, but we don't travel. Yeah. And I used to travel with Kent, and I used to love to come over here. Yeah. Right. Well, you, you're in trouble now because either podcast or golf, Gary's got your phone number. Right. So, so you're stuck now, Coach. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for the participation as we went through that tournament, and I really hope you enjoyed this as much as we did because uh, Fred Kendall obviously is a Red Hill legend, and we are so happy to have him on the old school Red Hill podcast. So until next time, for Dave, Gary, Chip, and I'm Brian, we'll talk to you soon. And we are Red Hill. Red Hill.